Hi there, I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. And this is Bros Watch PLL2. Today we're talking about S06E07, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Presumably a reference to the movie by the Coen Brothers. Um, sort of semi-modern retelling of the Odyssey. Right. What? Yeah, yeah. No, you got something to say? I'm agreeing with you. Um, okay. I believe the phrase is from something else, but right, right. Sure. Um, I've only seen that parts of that movie, to be honest with you. The Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, I've seen like lots of scenes, but I've never watched the whole thing front to back. When I was briefly involved in uh, politics, um, one of my candidates would constantly reference the scene of the Charles Durning character, the like, is you is or is you ain't my constituency. I just remember constantly saying that, and it kind of turned me off of the movie. But it wasn't the Coen Brothers that I liked, I guess. Mm. Anyway. This episode's written by Elijah Baraz, directed by Bethany Rooney. This is a fun episode. The fans like this episode. I'm not sure why. I mean, I have suspicions. But for whatever reason, this one like hit the, the sweet spot for a lot of the frustrated fans. I have my, my theories about why, but, mm-hmm. you know, we like every episode, so I guess what does our opinion count? Uh, do uh, the, the Bethany Young people, like, do they like this episode too? Oh, yeah, we can get into that. <laughs> um, obviously, Claire is hired by Bethany Young, you know. Uh, so yeah we're, we're gonna fade in it's a uh, little teen sparia action happening here we're in aria's living room got a fire going two of them are on the couch uh spencer's got a laptop out aria's got her phone on she's holding it up speakerphone's on they've called Allie, and Allie is not taking calls uh you just hear a voicemail say hi this is allison not available to take a call please leave me a message it wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't bump my uh, little mouth guard at some point or other. Right on. Yeah, Spencer's been XT-suring uh, some uh, some tracker implants. And uh, Ari's like, you yeah. found anything? Fake uh, Wikipedia here for microchip implants, yeah. Animal, yeah. Microchip implant, parentheses, animal, which is my least favorite Radiohead song. And Spencer's like, yeah, most microchips are about the size of a grain of rice. All they contain is an ID number. But... Ours feels bigger. It's like a modified. It's like a tracker every move. So Aria. Well, the, they would have to be like RFID chips don't have like citywide range. So clearly they'd have to be something special. Well, like Hannah said, why are we freaking radioactive? Mm-hmm. Um, so Aria sees something on the screen. She's like, oh my God, what is that? It's like a video of a microchip being removed. So she's like, somebody's removing their dog's microchip. We're going to have to get it out somehow. And Aria's like, yeah, on second thought, maybe we should just keep ours in. Like a light bulb goes off in Spencer's head, like maybe we should. Well, Arya's always willing to take the easy way out. Yeah, yeah. As she will prove time and again in this Yeah, she's like, Spencer, I was joking. Sure you were, Arya. <laughs> Spencer says, No, I'm not. A doesn't know that we know he's tracking us. That's the only edge we have over Charles. Uh, and we have to figure out a way to use it. So, you know, the liars aren't total dummies. Like, there's a reason they didn't run straight to the cops after they found their chips. Like, I feel like you could totally see this coming from last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously Spencer has seen the imitation game. You gotta, you gotta run with the the intel you have, and not just like blow your wad immediately. Well, everything Spencer does is, uh, you know, tactics left over from Churchill and uh, World mm-hmm. War Two. She's then, cracking uh, her own Enigma code. Yeah, cell phone beeps, and Arya starts like feeling on her neck, like she's beeping. Yes. Uh, there are a lot of really funny, like these, like little throwaway moments with Arya in this episode. She's like the stealth MVP of this episode, I think. Uh, 
you mean comedically? I would say her and Emily both. Yeah, but there's something like Arya, like she, it seems like every scene she's in, she's doing something really funny, like in the background or just kind of like these little like bit moments, like good character moments for Arya. I mean, I totally want to see Emily or I want to see Shay Mitchell in like a, a Larry David movie after this episode in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, she feels Does back Larry in David make a lot of movies. He's made a handful. OK. What I don't was think his he's last TV movie? Show Woody Allen movie? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, so she's like, yeah, that's your phone. So Arya <laughs> checks her phone, and Spencer's like, is it Allie? And Arya says, no, Mona, we're on for tomorrow morning. Leslie finally agreed to talk to us. Spencer's like, okay. Well, Allie has to be there. Charles is her brother. She needs to know he's alive. Arya's like, yeah. And if anything else, that Leslie can tell us. She might know who A is, not just his name, but his face. So Spencer whips out her phone again, calling Allison again. Again, we get Allison's voicemail. So she's like, well, where the hell is she? So then we cut to a Where trunk is she opening. Indeed? Yeah. See the Pennsylvania license plate. There's already a suitcase in there, and a man, Kenneth, is putting another one in. And uh, let me see. Uh, obviously, this is Allie's suitcase because it's kind of has this like black and white floral pattern on it. Is it floral or is it like kind of zebraish? That's more floral-ish. I mean, it's not zebra. Okay. So Kenneth is making sure that Allison's in the uh, the passenger seat. We see that Kenneth comes around, and gets the driver's side. Well, he's side. very. I mean, total paternal here. He like puts her. He basically like physically like puts her in her seat, shuts the door on her, and goes around to the other side. You know, for a guy who drinks a lot of his own piss, I wouldn't think it'd be healthy for him to be gritting his teeth as much as he seems to be in this scene. I wonder if he has to wear a mouth guard at night. Uh, yeah, Allie, they're, they just drive right off. Allie seems to kind of be worried and scared. She doesn't know what's going on. Mm. And she's like, Dad, please, you have to tell me what's going on. He's not saying anything. He's, like, sweaty. He's, like, covered in dirt all over his, like, hands and arms. Um, how deep do you think he got in that grave? Like, do you think he went six feet and it's like, ah, fuck it. Do you think he uh, found something? So whatever, whatever Saeed from Lost would do, imagine that Kenneth did like 0.015 of that. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's a frustrating dig because you're not going to find anything, presumably. Right, right. I mean, I don't think you're going to like get six feet down and there's just like something like hard for you to find. It's like, haha, psych, there's no body here. Like you just... You're just going to keep digging well, until you're like, fuck it, there's nothing here. And six feet deep is, it's a, it's a pretty, that's that's a a pretty deep dig. Yeah, yeah. that that's, that is the all night operation. for one man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what the uh, soil composition is like in Pennsylvania, but I know you hit some like hard pan clay out here in California after about three feet. That's that's no fun. Right. That's why we hire people to bury bodies for us now. Um so Allison's just like, where were you just now? Where are you taking me? And he's like, someplace safe. So she looks down. She sees that envelope on the floorboards. She picks it up, opens it. It's the happy birthday card from Charles we saw last week. She reads the inside. Uh, and she's like, he's alive. He's coming for us, isn't he? And Kenneth grips that wheel and hunkers down on basically shitting his pants in the driver's seat. <laughs> did, did you notice the note? Uh, it's got all those like oddly capitalized T's. Mm-hmm. We've seen this before on some other A messages, like when A writes some stuff. Occasionally, not all the time, but a lot of time, you see that all the T's are capitalized. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is just the writers trolling or if this is supposed to mean something. I know this like figures into a lot of people's Toby theories, um, but this this note has it again. We'll we'll see some other stuff by A in this episode that also has the capital T's everywhere. Mm-hmm. So after the credits, it's the next day. It's Hannah's house. Uh, interesting shot where we see Hannah texting, see you at Mona's. Um, she's at the top of the stairs. We see her heading down the stairs. I always like these shots because it's a very it's a very inventive way to show that there's actually nothing at the top of those stairs. 
<laughs> but it's an angle you don't see often. Um, well, it is interesting that they they move from a like a close up macro shot to like this wider shot of her walking down. Mm-hmm. Uh, she comes down to the foyer uh, right as Ash is coming out of the kitchen with an envelope in hand, and she's like, "Oh, good, you're up." Uh, Hannah already has her excuse ready. Yeah, I was just going to go to the brew and pick up some muffins for you and Caleb and surprise you. Which made me wonder, is Caleb like asleep in bed upstairs? Uh, hmm. That's hmm? a good question. Hmm. Hey, should we talk about her outfit a little bit? Do it. Uh, red cardigan sweater top thing. I kind of feel like she stole this from Arya. Hmm. Because it's got some kind of weird metal things on it here and there. It seemed like Arya-ish. Um, otherwise, just black top jeans and like, a big old pearl choker and then like a bunch of weird necklaces on top of it. There's some pearls in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a look. But yeah, I, I mean, she had that excuse all ready to go. Maybe Caleb is upstairs. Um, so and it's, she's she's telling the, the lie, of course, while she's faced away from Ashley. So Ashley won't pick up too much on right. you know, the bullshit she's spinning. And yeah, Ashley says, I'm surprised for you instead. And she holds out this envelope and it kind of frowns. And Ashley's like, go ahead, open it. And. You can tell Ashley's just like kind of like repressed beaming, like she's you know super pleased about whatever this is. Mm-hmm. So Hannah opens it up. We see it's a check from the Karasimi Group for thirty thousand dollars, and Hannah's like thirty thousand dollars. You can see it's there's a letter behind it, like she, you know Karasimi Group scholarship fund. Mm-hmm. So she won a scholarship. Is this how scholarships work? They just send you a check. I don't. Think I've never. I didn't you... get a scholarship myself, so I couldn't say, but. I don't think they send you big whopping checks. I feel like they would send you maybe just like a, a U1 letter first and then later the check. I don't know. Maybe, maybe somebody can tell us. They're just like, U1, here's some money. Have yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, at this point, you might as well just have a guy in a black hoodie like deliver like the giant oversized check to the door. But yeah, Ashley's elated. Um, well, Ashley's like, tuition. get your tuition, Hannah, for the next yeah. year at least. Yeah, if that. <laughs> Um, situation, Hannah, I promised you I'd figure out how to pay for college, didn't I? Since I don't have a job. Well, do we know where Hannah's going yet? I, I don't think she ex- accepted a particular school. Really have any of them? Not that I know of. I mean, they have options, or I think Spencer had a few options, right? Aria, did we ever find Aria? Oh, Aria's at the Jackie Molina school. Yeah, Emily, well, that was like her backup, though. Emily, I don't know, she's going to like, I don't know, state college to swim, or, or like community college, who knows? She is she actually going to Stanford or did uh... I don't think she's going to Stanford. I feel like that was contingent on swimming. Mm. I wonder if Paige got that uh, that mm. scholarship or whatever it was. She probably didn't. Just didn't want to bring it up. Yeah, yeah. She's Sorry. like, oh, you're injured now. Unrelated. I'm going to Stanford. <laughs> I mean, just, like watches Emily very closely. Be right. Yeah. Anyway, so Hannah's like, Mom, how did you? And, our, and as she says, you know, while you were gone, I. I <laughs> a lot of dead like, old ladies. Yeah, I applied to every scholarship I could find. And, and, and um, you know, it helped planning for your future and believing you still had one. I can't believe it. I mean, well, she's, one she's of the applications actually paid off. Literally. She's very emotional thinking about it. Well, and, you know, I, like, she's so happy here. Um, this is clearly A's handiwork, right? Or, or, or Mona's, maybe. Like, it just seems like like nothing good happens to the liars. Like, right, right. It's like what, what she was going to drop on them. But yeah, it's, this is what she did basically to, like, you know, not lose her mind while Hannah was in the dollhouse mm-hmm. sent out all these scholarships. And one of them paid off. Yeah. And Hannah's like, wait, the Karasumi group, why does that sound familiar? And Ashley says, they probably sponsored a hospital wing or something. Jason recommended it. He said his mom donated all the time. Red flag. Yeah, and this you can tell this concerns Hannah, but she kind of keeps quiet. And Ashley's like, "Well, you at least owe me a hug." 
So they hug, and Hannah, she's smiling, but, you know, it's like the smile won't quite stick. A little it's, too good to be true. fading into some over-the-shoulder Hannah face. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at the brew, Emily's like standing near the counter, talking on the phone, and she's like, seriously getting worried over here, Allie. We need to talk. Can you just call me back? She hangs up, and then a girl off screen is like, Emily? And pops over. It's Claire. Sarah's Claire, friend, right? From season 4B. Yeah. Uh, from uh, 414, who's in the box? Who's in the box? And she's like, it's Claire, Sarah's friend from 414. Who's in the box? You remember me, right, <laughs> Emily? We met. Emily's like, yeah. Here's IMDb. I was in that episode. Yeah, here, here's the previously on. Uh, Emily's like, yeah, 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 I remember. She doesn't seem super happy. Uh, Emily? Emily? Yeah, Emily's gonna, she's gonna do some stuff in this episode. <laughs> That's putting it mildly. <laughs> yeah. Claire says, that girl, Sabrina, told me that you weren't working here anymore. I was just about to leave. I really wish that they had, like, thrown in the butt. I know they have to set up Sabrina's in this episode, but I really wish uh, that guy Esther told me you don't work here anymore. <laughs> oh, and then he told great. me your fucking life story. <laughs> Did Paige really try to drown you? <laughs> Emily's like, you were looking for me? And Claire's like, yeah, and Sarah. And Emily has this like, serious like bitch face happening now. She's like, mm. uh, and she kind of like, like very annoyed, kind of like nods Claire, like come over to this quiet section so we can talk. Like this is totally putting her out to have to even bring this up. And Claire's just like, I went by her mom's house a few times. But she wouldn't tell me where she was, at least not right away. Is Sarah? And Emily's like, no, no, I just dropped her off at work. It's like, wow, okay, mom. <laughs> and Claire's like, work. Sarah's got a job? That's great. God, if I went through what she did, I don't think I'd remember how to read. Never mind, be able to. And Emily's just like, we all remember how to read. Yeah. And Claire's like, no, I, I mean that. And Emily, Emily's just like looking away now, like wounded, pissed off. And this is not going to be a good episode for Emily. I think you can kind of see that uh, all the supposed coping that she's been doing by caring for Sarah, really just kind of avoiding the issue. Yeah. yeah. Well, and she's keeping, it's like she's developed a secret. Yeah. She doesn't really want anyone else tampering with that. Claire says, I'm sorry, I, I don't know the right thing to say here. And Emily's just like, of course not. No one does. Claire says, look, Sarah and I had some hard times, but she was my friend. No one deserved what you guys went through. I just want to see her. And Emily's like, you still have that same number? I can tell her to call you. And for a split second, it kind of looks like Claire is about to like, kind of like take issue. I don't know. What did you think of that? Um, well, no, I think she's, I think she realizes she's getting the brush off. I felt like there was like a flash of like, Oh, buy your leaf, bitch. Um, but she kind of like, you know, kept her mouth shut and she's like, yeah, thanks. And he's like, yeah. And, you can tell, like, Emily's, like, she's not even making eye contact here. She's very flustered. So Claire leaves, but then Emily finds her manners. She's like, oh, wait, Sarah's not at work right now. She's at therapy. I pick her up in two hours. Man, why are you so shady, Emily? I mean, is, is she sensing a romantic rival, you think? or Because like, uh, she's, I mean, like, think... straight up rude to Claire here. Well, I mean, as the previous one reminded us, Claire was like, I wanted to kill her before she disappeared. Though the girl's obviously just venting. Uh, mm -hmm. The same way as Paige vents people into the water. So they can't breathe. But, uh, <laughs> like, I don't know. You can't help but feel like there's a touch of that, though. There's a touch of Emily sensing a, a rivalry. Uh, not even just, like, of romantic affection, but just attention. Yeah, just, like, possession of Sarah. Yeah, which is a weird That's thing healthy. to possess. Mm -hmm. 
reenacting the role of, uh, you know, keeping her captive. Mm-hmm. Dependent on her. Uh, go to so Spencer's kitchen. Yeah, great. Uh, she goes to her personal counter, and there's a knock on the door. She opens the door, and it's Toby. Yeah, and Spencer is just trying to rush out, but it's Toby, babe. Uh, she's like, hey, you're back. And she's super happy, and he comes in, and picks her up, and kisses her, spinning her around. And she says, hi, I, I was actually just leaving. And he says, oh, ho. God, man, my Toby voice needs some work. I haven't done a few episodes. Oh, ho, change your plans. And he's like, I can't. You make him sound like Santa Claus. That's oh, what he says. Oh, sit on my lap. This is weird Toby in this episode. So they kiss some more, and she's trying to get her things. And he's like, wait, what's going on? Is your mom home? And he, we get what can I can only assume is like bedroom face from Toby here. Right? And because, you know, it's like, it's your mom home. We should bang. I uh, have procured a prophylactic. <laughs> and Spencer's like, no, no, she's still in Philly. I, I just do have to go. Uh, and I don't know, like, when I was watching this with you, it's like, Toby, you have your own apartment. Like, You've got like a bang pad. You don't need to like wait till the parents are gone. Oh, right? but this is this is this is where it gets exciting, though. You're a you're a respectable member of law enforcement, but you're stopping by your uh, your high school girlfriend's house. And her I parents see you've are given this some thought. <laughs> this is like every Rosewood male's dream, right? Sure, Spencer. She keeps on trying to say she's sorry as he kisses her, and she's like, "I'm sorry, I really have to go." And and he groans. That that was the sound of Tully's blue balls. He just heard right there. He's like, "Spencer, I've got blue balls of the well balls." Thank, uh, thank you for uh, the whale song of Toby's frustration. <laughs> I haven't seen you in days. And Spencer's his, like, I know. His and sex I, drive makes a Chewbacca sound. <laughs> I really want to catch up and I want to hear about all your police seminar. Uh, maybe tonight, like police seminar. So that's where you were for, what, three days? Mr. Fresh Perspective. Mm-hmm. He's like, mm, I'm working. Uh, and their phone beeps and it's you see a text from Arya that says, where are you? And he's like, Spence. And Spencer's like, hmm. He's like, what's going on? Spencer's like, nothing. And he's like, did something happen when I was out of town? Spencer's like, no, nothing. And he frowns at her. And she's like, no, I, I decided I was going to write that valedictorian speech. And Ari offered to help me. So she's waiting on me right now. She has to show him the text message to just be like, well, I think he's you, know, you don't it. trust me. So here it is to prove. Well, he's already seen the text messages. Because I think we established at the end of season five. Toby is the guy who looks at Spencer's mm-hmm. messages. Sometimes he does it in front of her. Maybe he does it when she's in the shower. But like she is then showing him, here's this text message you already just spied on, you creep. Yeah. Ugh. And then and then he, he's you know giving her some judgment face. And he says, we don't do secrets, you and me. And then my notes here just say, fuck you, asshole. Yeah. Like, what do you mean, we, white man? Like, like you don't do secrets. Yeah, sure. You you put her in a mental institution, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but but we don't do secrets. Uh, he says we tried that before. Tanner knew about A, and we practically fell apart. I just don't want to go back to that. And Spencer's like, neither do I. Okay, and she gives him a last kiss. She's like, I'll call you later. She leaves, and he does that whole like mouthing bye to like empty space. Like, oh, poor me, poor me and my blue balls. I thought I was gonna bang. Or just be, he just wants, like, the the lauded parade of the hero returned home from, from you know. From what? Like a work seminar? seminar? Like, 
Mr. Fresh perspective. Not exactly coming back from overseas or anything, Toby. But I like that, like, Toby doesn't carry any guilt from the Dark Spencer saga. None with, at all. He's he's framing it entirely to, like, the whole season five stuff of, like, before Tanner knew about A, when Spencer really made his job fucking rough on him because he, I don't know, had to avoid his girlfriend when she needed him. One of the times she needed him most after he took that job and was shocked to not get a fucking medal for showing up to work every day. Well, he only took that job to protect her, supposedly, but then the job became more important. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then we go to uh, see Hannah and Arya. They're in Mona's room. It's kind of neat framing where they're they're facing to the uh, left where we can't see Mona because like the door's in the way, but they're obviously talking to her. Very theory vibes here. Uh, Hannah's like, you promised she'd be here. And Mona's like, that's what she told me. And Arya says, call her again. And then Arya, she turns around because like she's noticed that, like one of the dolls on the shelf is like staring at her. And Arya's like, sorry, this doll's freaking me out. This this moment is magnificent. You're right. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I think the, the show has gone to some pretty bonkers fucking places in season 6A, and, and I love it. Because I love that the show is bold enough that after the dollhouse, it was like, let's let's take the time and the, and the chance on, you know, asking the questions of what's wrong with our characters. How are they dealing with this shit? And as they talked about <laughs> last week, the even braver, cooler thing about the show is they're like, well, maybe there are no answers to what's wrong with these girls you know what i mean we're gonna we're gonna keep playing this out because they don't know what's in their heads mm-hmm. um, well there've never been answers to what's wrong with aria exactly and aria because aria is like the super poster child for that particular narrative uh, conceit and just this the stuff with the doll here the doll is freaking her out she has to, like attack one of mona's dolls well like because it, it just in the background he goes to this doll and starts like like just like Almost probably breaking the head on it, like just like twisting it all the way around so it's she's, facing away from her. She's not just like turning the doll around. She's like the doll is still facing forward as it sits on the shelf. Yeah, she's, yeah, just, she's turning just turning the head. Do you remember that scene in True Blood where Bill twists the chick's head around before he like has like revenge oh, sex on her? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically that. Because meanwhile, Spencer she's kind of like storming in, just like throwing the door open here. Um, That's how Spencer and, should enter every scene. Oh, we we should talk briefly about Arya's outfit here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, she this is kind of like a weird mixture of like the other three liars looks because she's got some sort of jean jackety like denim thing on except the sleeves are leather so it's like it's kind of an emily jacket but with like spencer leather it's sleeves like a bruce, Ding, bruce springsteen blue collar spencer's x-men trench coat yeah and then she has on like a very hannah like like uh you know baby blue and white horizontal stripes shirt on underneath um it's like she's wearing all their styles in, w- in one little ensemble she's a she's a vortex of her friends you know suffering also fashion. is it me or does it it kind of seems like it could be a mona outfit like i feel like aria suddenly realizes that she's turning into mona and like that's the subtext of this episode i would love for a doctor to diagnose me with turning into mona <laughs> Well, it's because it's like the the outfit she's wearing, especially after like the outfit that Mona was wearing last week was a very Emily-ish outfit, you know. Mm. So Arya is kind of dressing like her, and then Arya just noticed like, oh, Mona's obsessed with dolls too. Oh no. Yeah, I have some questions about the dolls later in this episode. Yeah, Spencer just barges in. She's like, I got here as fast as I could, and then she looks around like, where's Leslie? And Hannah's like, probably he got eaten by one of her rats. Well, even Mona's face is like. Oh. Well, Mona's like texting and just gives Hannah this like, bitch, please. Like, I, I don't even think that. I think she was just like, oh, Hannah, distasteful. Mm-hmm. Like, really, Hannah? And then just goes back to testing. 
And in the background, Arya's like twisting this doll's head around. And Spencer sees it and she's like, Arya. And Arya looks back, this like crazy, like wild child feral look. She's like, what? Yeah. She's like, Spencer says, leave the doll alone. And Mona's checking her phone. She's kind of reading off of it. She says, okay, Leslie just texted me. She said she's made a lot of progress with her stability, and she thinks that this sort of confrontation might set her back. You know what? Probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's probably right. <laughs> yeah, especially with Arya. Spencer's like, unbelievable. And Hannah's like, tell her to get her ass over here, and I'll show her a confrontation. Inconceivable. Yeah, yeah. Right. time for Arya to take a charge. She's just like, come on, field trip. Leslie knows who Charles is, and you know where that bitch lives. Let's go. New feisty, Arya. Yeah, yeah. Well, Arya, like, she's seen the others take action. Now she has to jump in. And Mona's like, no one's going anywhere. Leslie isn't lying. That girl was one lost marble away from a major breakdown. Look, I, I, I swear, Leslie doesn't know anything. If she did, she would tell me, and I would tell you. So just like that night that Bethany and Charles escaped from Riley, you were with Allison. Allie told us. You picked her up on the side of the road. You took her to Lost Woods. First of all, there's all my fan fiction right there. You mm-hmm. took her to Lost Woods. So maybe you saw somebody, some guy who could have been Charles. Mona's like, I wish I did, but no, I didn't see anybody else. And Arya's like, well, what about Riley? Is it just me or does when she say that Mona has this just momentary look of like wariness? Like, you know, like suddenly her guard goes up. Well, so... You know, obviously she had to say that in response to us or whatever. But mm-hmm. I've loved that Mona's never directly confirmed or denied Allison's account of that night. And I think that's how it Not always totally. should be. Yeah. Because what was it? Whenever she was asked the last time, like like last season, it was just like, oh, is that what Allison told you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was in the dollhouse, I think. Uh, and so Arya's just like, what about a rally? Someone you talked to stole the A game from you when you were there. That is what you said, Summer of Answers. Um, Mona's like, I-, I know I did, but I was on so many drugs. I didn't even know who I was talking to. I mean, half the time I thought I was being haunted by Allie. The other half the time I thought I was auditioning for American Idol. Wouldn't crazy, it be great if she said crazy uh, thing was, was both. If, if she said she thought she's auditioning for Dancing with the Stars. Yes. I think that would have definitely worked there. Yeah, yeah. And the liars all just make like disgusted looks. They're shaking their head and she's like, ugh. But they don't press the issue. I mean, Mona's, she's up to something, right? I mean, she just totally snowed the liars here. She's like, uh, oh, yeah, don't worry. Leslie would have told me everything she knew. All the information you have on her is through me somehow. You've never actually spoken to her about this. Right. Well, I mean, I don't know. Because, I mean, everything's just her word of what Leslie supposedly said. The ultimate character arc that I want for Mona, and I feel like you won't necessarily get this to, like, the time jump, is for her to not need these girls anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, like like last week when she just kind of swoops at the end to save them from themselves. That's the Mona that I want. Like, just out of the kindness of her fucking hyper-adrenalized heart. But, I don't know. I feel like she still does kind of need all of them. She feels like that she wants to belong to this group for some reason. She wants to play with them. Perhaps. So, Emily's bedroom. Emily's putting away some laundry or something. Sarah's em- over on Emily's her Emily's wearing pot. a weird choker, by the way. Yeah. It seems like it should be pointed out. Chokers all seem like like slightly evil to me. I don't know why, but did you say that you rewatched the one pilot of the one show? The pilot of the one show. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll talk about it more in the future. But isn't, what, what's his name wearing a choker in that? Are you talking about um, Gossip the Girl? The OC. Oh, the OC. Uh, yeah, somebody's wearing a choker in that. Isn't yeah. it Ryan? Ryan? Isn't it Ryan wearing a I don't choker? Think Ryan like wears a choker. I could be wrong, but somebody tell me if I'm wrong about that. Okay. Um, so yeah, Emily's just like, oh, well, you and do Emily. Oh yeah, of course. 
uh, Emily's talking to Shara Harvey here. She says, you don't have to see her if you're not ready. There's no rush. No, I want to. I just don't even know what we'd say. It's been so long. I can come with you if you want. Act as a buffer so it doesn't get weird, even though it's already kind of weird. Uh, just a note. Emily's presence later is to ensure that it won't get weird. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah smiles very weakly. Like, eh, it's already weird. Uh, and Emily says, there's actually this really cute dessert place halfway from here to Cortland. We could meet her there. It's nice and chill. Not like me. Okay. It's They're going to chill. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's awkward there's... silence. Emily's folding her laundry and she's like, how's there? <laughs> Sorry. You go. No, you talk if you if you want. So Sarah gets up and and she's kind of like she's summoned up the the shower Harvey courage to be like last night. Uh, I'm not sure whether I dreamed something or it actually happened. It happened. Um, unless you want it to be a dream, then we can pretend. No, please. I've had enough pretend kisses. That was my first real kiss in three years, and I can't believe I was half asleep for it. Emily kind of smirks and says. There will be more. I mean, with other people. I mean, not... Ugh. And now she's just, like, mortified. Like, looks away last nervously. Okay, um, what I'm trying to say is, we've both been through a lot, and we should probably take the time and think about what we want. Yeah, um, you're probably right. So, is it just me, or is that ice cold? Emily? Yeah, Sarah's just like, hey, I enjoyed that kiss, and Emily's just like, yeah, why don't we take some it's time? It's ice cold. Because yeah. Emily... Emily wants this or wants something that she perceives out of this so bad. But I think it's like she's playing week, games. Well, it's like last week. I don't think they're intentional. Last week when Sarah kissed her, it's like that was when Emily finally realized herself that this what everyone else could tell. Mm-hmm. This is what she wanted. And so now she's trying to be <laughs> chill about it. Um, and she's fucking it up. I mean, this is like this is like some Seth Cohen shit, right? Well, this episode accomplishes the seemingly impossible task of making people not really mind Shower Harvey that much, just because Emily's being so horrible to her. The fact that, yeah, she has to kind of uh, make allowances for Emily. Like, mm-hmm. later on, I just want I want that cutscene where Sarah's like, I'm sorry about Emily. She's not usually so fucking weird. <laughs> Seriously, that's me saying it. Um uh... So then we go to Allie's house. It's her front porch. Lorenzo's here. He's in street clothes. He knocks on the front door. Mm. There is a cop car parked out front. I guess the police are back to watching the liars' houses. Yeah, they're like, we watch your house. We uh, we don't watch you, but we, you know, we're getting overtime. Well, yeah, he's not even. He takes a moment to wave these other guys who must be like, yep, here's Lorenzo trying to get some some of that. Well, the cop uh, waves at him first. Like, where the fuck were these cops yesterday when Kenneth was getting the death day card? I don't know. Because remember, take, Kenneth parked sideways five. in the driveway, just like them. Maybe they saw him park there, and they were like, ah, fuck it. Just left. <laughs> they just they just park down the street whenever Kenneth's around, because they don't want to deal with that guy. Yeah. So, uh, Jason finally opens the door and steps out, and he's like, Lorenzo, everything okay? How does he know Lorenzo's name? Yeah. It's like, Lorenzo Calderon, everything well, okay? good point, because in Game on Charles, Lorenzo wasn't there in the living room with them yeah i mean i don't know maybe Allie. which which in your mind in your mind palace go back to that shot of jason walking in the door of the cops all pointing guns at him and him like Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh jason has some good moments in this episode yeah i actually i actually almost didn't like look down completely on jason in this episode yeah lorenzo is like i hope so is Allie here 
And Jason's kind of not totally paying attention. He's looking past Lorenzo over off to his right because there's a red balloon like tied to the end of a porch rail. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, no, you know, no, she's out of town with my dad. He told Tanner. And Lorenzo's like, do you know when she'll be back? Um, it's kind of funny, like, as much as this show is all about, like, cyberbullying, digital age and all that, like, these girls never fucking have their phones with them. Mm. Like, there's always some reason that it's impossible to get a hold of them. Uh, and Jason's just like, I'm not sure, sorry. Well, absorb the body language here. These two bros are standing on the porch, facing out, side by side. Mm-hmm. Like, Jason's dipping his hands, half into his pockets, like, Lorenzo has his arms crossed over his chest. I like, kind of want uh, Jason's shirt. The, these guys are, like, the very image of, like, masculinity, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and Lorenzo is like, I tried calling her a couple times. She usually usually calls me back right away. And Jason does this funny thing where he kind of like rocks back as he hears the news. He's like, didn't know you two had it usually. And Lorenzo's just like, can you let her know I stopped by? He's getting a little pissy now. Mm. Jason's like, we'll do. And can you tell your guys to take off? Allie won't be back for a couple days. And Lorenzo, proving he's a police officer, says, I thought you didn't know when she'd be back. And he has this very like Keanu expression on his face. He's like, I don't. Uh, it's like, I don't know if he's playing dumb or if he's just playing Jason. This is a really weird scene. Jason's like, if you catch my meaning, which is fuck off. Yeah. So he has this like really phony smile on. And Lorenzo's just like, well, I have no response to that. So I'm going to walk away. Uh, and as soon as he does, Jason walks over to this red balloon. Uh, next to it on the rail, there's a little like pl- blue, like pr- plastic toy frog. Mm. Uh, it's like cheap little plastic toy frog. And a card in a red envelope. He opens a card. It's kind of like a child's birthday invitation, like like exactly like uh, rainbows and balloons and whatnot. You know, it says uh, who Charles Delorentis. What birthday party? When tonight? Where seventy two one eighty three Wallaby Avenue? RCP. Come alone or not at all. Once again, the T's are capitalized. I am going to send every invite to everything out like this. Mm-hmm. When tonight? RCP. Come alone or not at all. And then we cut to Arya's room, pan over a bunch of creepy what, fucking doll heads. Question, though, as Jason's mm-hmm. reading that card, is he doubting himself or not? Probably. Probably. Uh, so, yeah, we, we pan over a menagerie of terrifying dolls. Arya's rifling through them, judging them off of their heads. There's like a super reference to be made here, like mashing together the episode of Seinfeld where George is haunted by the doll looks like his mother. Mm, but yeah. also, I don't know why this kept coming in my head throughout this episode, uh, but Superstar, the Karen Carpenter story, just a little bit. The like, uh, the one where like, it's done with Barbie dolls? Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's a deep cut. I feel like in her mind, like Arya is creating some kind of menacing Alice in Wonderland-like narrative using the dolls. Mm-hmm. Passing judgment on the living and the dead. And then uh, behind Arya, well, she cr- Magic Mike Montgomery comes strolling in. Yeah, Magic Mike walks in, and just as Arya just throws a doll behind her, like right at him, and he catches it. It's a really weird little like like thing to happen. Uh, and she's like, "Oh, sorry, didn't see you there." Well, it's like she's. It's almost like she sensed the change in her ecosystem because she didn't hear like the crashing of the doll. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> she didn't hear the door. She just didn't hear the destruction she was seeking or whatever. Yeah, Mike's like getting rid of all these. And Ari says, oh, Picasso had his blue face. I had a doll face. Time to find a new subject. She basically just compared herself to Picasso. I totally can't wait for her, like, Guernica version of the Ezria story. (laughs) So is is Ari over her dolls because of Mona or because she got that doll from A last week? Ah, good question. 
Like, where she suddenly, like, oh, my God. Like, Mona likes dolls. I can't like dolls anymore. Anyway, Mike is like, why? And Ari says, you're the one who said all my photos are creepy. But he's not the only one, right? (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, well, I I meant creepy in a good way. And Ari's like, yeah, well, they're officially starting to creep me out. So he's like, I take it you didn't get into that art show. And she says, I don't know yet. But even if I did, it is still time to find something new to photograph. Just imagine what that'll be. Yeah, and then she, so she's got this whole like basket of like reject dolls, uh, and she picks up like a big big armful of dolls and like carries them over to this basket to put them all in there. Mm-hmm. And she kind of notices that like Mike is just like very like kind of hangdog, like droopy, sad Mike. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Hey, what's wrong with you? You know what's going on with you? You've been pacing outside my door for like an hour." I love that she's aware of it. Yeah, not like she's like open the door and be like, "Hey, buddy, what's wrong?" She's just like, huh, Mike's still pacing out there. Whatever. Yeah. I've got doll shit to worry about. Yeah. And Mike's just like, did Mona tell you not to call? Or did you tell Mona not to call me? And Ari's like, what? No. Did she tell you that? And Mike says that would require her talking to me. So no. And Ari's like, what are you saying? And he says, Aria, I haven't talked to her since you were you guys were rescued. And Ari's like, oh my god, you're kidding. No, I left a hundred messages. I, I stopped by her house. I talked to her mom. She doesn't want to see me. And Ari's like, why didn't you tell me? And he says, because I thought maybe you were the reason. Also, probably maybe a little embarrassing. Not something you'd want to talk to your sister about. Yeah. Well, especially I mean, given the history that they've shared concerning this person. It's It would take a while for you to like bring it up. Just I mean, Even without the history. Just like... You don't want to tell your sister, hey, yeah, my girlfriend won't see me. Yeah. Uh, but he, obviously he's eventually, you know, decided to pull the Well, the thing that. about Mike is that, yeah, he can't, you know, by by his, his gender, he can't be that creepy. He can't reach that level of Ezra creepiness because mm-hmm. he's not older than Mona. Yeah, I mean, he has his own opportunities to be creepy and stalkerish. He kind of like, uh, what's his And face? a werewolf. Like, like yeah. Michael Pitt in uh, the old Dawson's Creek episodes. How about we never bring up Michael Pitt ever again? That's good. Good rule of thumb. Yeah. Uh, and Ari's just like, I'm not, Mike, I swear. Uh, she's not the reason. And he's like, so what should I do? Find someone else to hit up for advice. Yeah. Ari's like, well, have you ever thought about joining a new TV show? You know, maybe one of the werewolves. You should uh, really explore your animal side. I just want to pitch the idea of uh, Cody Allen Christian here as uh, the new Flash Thompson in Spider-Man. I think he'd, he'd do well in that role. I know you initially wanted to pitch him as Peter Parker. I feel like I don't. I don't, I don't believe. I don't that, think you could. I don't think you could do the the nerd vibe. Right, right, right. But I think yeah, Flash Thompson would be interesting. I don't know. I like Kelly Allen Christian. I feel like uh, could he be the new um, uh, God? I'm blanking on the name right now. Uh, Osborne kid. Harry. Yeah. Like a like a really like buff jockey Harry. Sure. You know. Uh, I really fucking despise the Dane DeHaan version of Harry. So oh, God, sure, yeah. let's try <laughs> let's try Magic Mike Montgomery. Um, so outside at this little dessert place, which is something coffee it, and sweets, Ibby's Coffee and Sweets. It, okay, yeah, this place is. I wonder if that's uh, a broken social scene reference. It's very cute. It's very chill. Emily, Sarah, and Clara are sitting outside in the patio on the veranda. This is going to be the awkwardest mad tea party that you ever did see. Oh, this is um, so weird. Claire just fires a shot across the bow like right away because Emily's reaching for a cookie and Claire's like, Sarah ordered the peanut butter. And Emily has to like yank her hand back like, oh, shit, you just boxed me out from taking that cookie. 
Uh, she's like, oh, I, I just figured we'd all share. And Clara looks at Sarah, and Clara's just like, you don't mind? And she, Sarah's just like, no. So already, things are not off to a good start. And then we get this overhead shot where, like, Clara and Emily, they both reach for cookies in the middle of the table. Claire takes this, like, giant-ass chocolate chip cookie. She takes the whole thing. It looks like they've been, like, breaking off pieces of cookie for themselves. Yeah. Claire takes the whole fucking cookie. I mean, and she leaves the, the oatmeal raisin cookie behind. Like, who is this monster? I really wish they could have had a scene where it's like Claire has one of Sarah's arms and Emily has the other, and they're just pulling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is, uh, as, as according to Claire, Sarah's friend, this is Sarah. Yeah, so this is not Bethany Young. I don't think... I don't think Claire is an actress. He was like paid off by A or something to like, confirm. I like Claire though. I, I like the character. I like I like what the actress does with her. Um, did, did you notice that we get a shot of uh, you know awkward Sarah Harvey here? She's drinking a glass of milk. Yeah, she's drinking a glass. Reminded me of uh, good old Ian. Yeah, yeah. Uh-oh. Maybe that's a, a telltale symbol of uh, her her loyalty. So yeah, I mean. <laughs> When I think of milk in like like TV movies, of course I have to think of Clockwork Orange, and I have to think of those fucking commercials when I was growing up. The uh, she doesn't notice me now when I'm drinking milk. There you go. <laughs> that was a totally passive aggressive shot from Claire there, like with the cookie thing. Oh yeah, yeah. What there's is going a, on? There's a lot of that happening here. So Emily and Sarah both again try to talk at the same time and stumble on each other, and Sarah's like, "I have like a thousand. And Emily's like, "Is this place okay?" And they both kind of chuckle and. Emily like waves Sarah to go ahead, and so Claire's just like shoot. So Sarah's just like, ah, uh, okay. How's Avery? How's Tina? How's Monkey? Claire's just like, actually, Avery's dead. Uh, <laughs> Emily's just like, who's Monkey? And Claire says, my dog. He's so not a puppy anymore. And then she pulls out her phone and she shows Sarah a picture of like a black lab. And Emily's on the other side, so she can't see any of this. She's very much like left out. And, the the <laughs> I I took a screenshot of that because yeah. the framing is so wonderful. These two girls looking at this dog in the foreground, and Emily looking so dejected in the background. making all sorts of faces, like really, really trying really hard to be cool and chill and not. Yeah, and what does Sarah say? <gasps> oh, he's huge. He's like a person. He thinks he's a person. I'm talking about the dog. Uh, and Emily is just not enjoying being the third wheel here. But, like, what did you think was going to happen, Emily? Yeah. Did you think, like, you and Sarah were going to be the unit and Clara was going to be the third wheel? Well, I mean, like, maybe she thought she was going to have to protect Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I guess, I guess she's and just also, thinking she has to, like... She's she's confronting you yeah, by this frustration that possibly Sarah had a life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pre-Dollhouse, pre-Emily. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't have to brew. Hannah and Spencer are chilling the liar's nooks. Hannah's got her laptop open in front of her. And These Hannah's... two are just like true detective season three in this episode. They're oh, on yeah. another level. Yeah, yeah. They're they're an amazing unit together by this point. Um, mm. Seriously, like, Nikki P, can we not push these two for season three? I mean, I, I see where you're going in season two. Well, Spencer just... also, she has a uh, one of those like Princess Leia Return of the Jedi like hair braid crown things going on with her hair. So, Hannah and Spencer, which one is Ray Velcro and which one is uh, Bezzarides? Oh, Hannah's Bezzarides for sure. I mean, just <laughs> looks wise, at least. Hannah's just going to whip out ha- some knives. They have the same haircut. And I think we all know that Spencer likes to get wet from a number of bad habits. <laughs> uh, I hope they never put Spencer like in a bolo tie. <laughs> so speaking of bolo ties, 
nice transition here. Sabrina is in the foreground of the scene because uh, Spence and Hannah are in the background. Sabrina is wearing a bolo tie among her like various weird ensemble. Is she, or is it just like a, like a weird bullhorns thing? No, that that's a bolo tie. Yeah, and she's she's kind of like hearing this conversation happen. It's it's interesting. They never see her because she's like off to the side and they're looking at each help. other. But she, you kind of just notice like the rack focus. You're like, oh hey, there's Sabrina. Like you wouldn't have even noticed maybe if they hadn't like focused on her. Yeah. Sabrina just kind of hears what they're talking about and then goes in the back. Yeah. So Hannah's like, wait. So you just left? And she's like, yeah. I couldn't just stand there and keep lying to his face. Plus, I he mean, wanted to bang me. I mean, Toby knows me. He knows I'm not just sitting on my hands waiting for Tanner to figure this out. Actually, Spencer, I think Toby thinks that's exactly what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Spencer's like. He's right, Hannah. We are exactly where we were two months ago. So two months ago. I don't think they've been out of the dollhouse for two months. No, definitely not. Yeah, definitely not. So, yeah, I'm wondering what that's. So two months ago could be like late season five. It could. Who the fuck knows? Like since he joined the force uh, before they went to the dollhouse. I don't know. Yeah. uh... Um, So, yeah, anyway, Sabrina at this point has gone back and. Hannah says, yeah, except now we have hardware in our necks. God, we're like Cyclops. Cyborgs. I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Cyclops. Oh, well. oh, Hannah. So could that be in an Odyssey reference there? A little bit. A little bit, maybe. I would like to think so. Um, I mean, I think I mean, is Odyssey... There, is there some version of the X-Men where Cyclops has like an embedded like chip to control his optic blast or something? I feel like that probably happened eventually in the comic book. I like that Jordy LaForge just had had more technological advancements with his optic shit than uh, Cyclops ever That's did. Ruby Quartz. Um, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I would think you could make a lot of like uh, potential Ithaca references uh, from some of the stuff in this episode. Um, Is Sarah Harvey Cassandra? Wouldn't Cassandra be something else? Wouldn't that not be the Odyssey? Yeah, it's kind of the Iliad, I'm sure. Whatever. The um, Odyssey I mean, kind of like retells the Iliad in the beginning, I think. I'd like to. I'd like to make the joke that maybe this episode took place on Bloomsday. Obviously, the timing would be completely wrong. Um, Hannah's on her laptop here, getting back to the subject. Uh, <laughs> she's like, "God, that's weird." Spencer's like, "What?" And uh, Hannah says, "That scholarship I got from the Karasumi Group. It's not listed on any of the usual websites, and their homepage looks like it's some sort of investment forum." I wonder if this website page is designed by actual bad guys. Web Inc. Probably, yeah. Sarah Hardy's just like, "Do you like the web page I made?" <laughs> So Spencer is like watching her and she's just like, well, just try that community tab. So uh, Spencer or Hannah clicks on it. There's a picture of like, like stock for like two bros shaking hands. And Hannah's like, does the same thing about a scholarship. She clicks on something else and it's basically lists like all like the subsidiaries or whatever they own or whatever. And Hannah points out something. She's like, Hannah, they zoom in on the fact that one of the things that the Karasimi group owns is Radley. Radley Sanitarium. Which, as we saw, spray painted on the walls of that nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. If you look, was it... Uh... 605, you could see the kerosene group was spray painted on the walls. Which I, I, I believe we pointed out then, you would only spray paint on the walls in such a fashion if it's going to come up in a way later. Mm-hmm. So Hannah says, wait, that's where I saw this name before, in Rally. I don't get it. Why would the people who paid to shut down Rally pay for my tuition? Mm. Uh, Spence has no answer. I mean, we all have to assume that this is either A or Mona, right? Like, couldn't you see Mona having enough cash to just, like, buy Radley and shut it down? Possibly, yeah. Like, I feel like when Mona was, like, 12, she just started making her own investments with, like, her, like, babysitting money. And now she owns half Pennsylvania. Well, I mean, uh, 
if you can predict the weather, you can uh, determine oil mm-hmm. prices in somewhere. She got in early on Facebook. Yeah. Drop the or, I'm sorry. She got in early on website page. <laughs> it's just, drop the thought. Just website page. You better lawyer up, asshole. Uh, so we go back to this, uh, like, cookie and coffee place. Sarah and Claire continue to enjoy themselves, having a good time looking at pictures. Emily not enjoying herself. Claire's just like, oh, my God, you don't know about Lexi? It's ah. And Claire, like, swipes to a new photo. It's like a teenage girl with, like, a baby changing the diaper. Mm. And Sarah gasps, and Claire says, she's a mama bird. Joe? Nobody knows. In your fucking face, Joe. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> like, they're basically suddenly, like, saying, like, uh, like Lexi's a hoe. Eh. Which, eh. The teenage girl talk, you know. I mean, Lexi, this is this would I hope be totally. You never tell these girls who the father is. You don't owe them shit. Yeah, this would be totally what you'd do if you hadn't seen someone in three years. Like who who got pregnant, who got married, who broke up. Yeah, this is your future, everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. All the people that the liars are not paying attention to in high school now, like just that's your that's your Facebook for ten years is like suggesting these people to be your friends. Ugh. Uh-huh. Ugh. So, so he's ready to call on this one. Yeah, Emily's gonna box out here. She says we uh. We'd have to head back. Check in with my mom. Square. And Sarah kind of hands the phone back to Claire. And suddenly Sarah seems like the normal one here. Well, it's like, it's like I think she she gets Emily's vibes here. But she's yeah. Like, she's like, oh, okay. Well, something that's just about her affect, too. Like, suddenly she seems, like, normal. She's just, like, this kind of, like, you know, girl with short hair who's being a normal person. And Emily's being the crazy one. Well, um, she also has like a like an acid wash jean jacket on with like a leather collar. It's a good look for her. She looks like uh, like she's from the eighties. Like she looks like she's about to halt and catch fire here. Yeah, de- definitely. She looks like she's Cameron's friend. Um, but also she's the girl who doesn't know how to act because both these other chicks are beaming their crazy like uh, possessive vibes at her. But so yeah, she's normalized by like making allowances for Emily. She's like, yeah, we should get the bill. Claire says, my parents want to have you over for dinner, maybe tomorrow or tonight. Emily has no chill. (laughs) That'd be great. Douche chill. (laughs) Claire says, I mean, you could sleep over, maybe stay a few days or as long as you want. We have that extra room. And Emily's like, Sarah has a place to stay and police protection at my house. It's safer there. I also don't think Lieutenant Tanner wants you outside of Rosewood. So what the fuck are you doing right there right now? Clinger. Sarah's just like, I've made a huge mistake. Or I'm sorry, I've made a huge mistake. Uh, And Claire says, well, just think about it. We've got a lot of Reese Witherspoon movies to catch up on. I don't think you do, actually. I mean, Uh, I checked. I checked. So Sarah's like, this means war. Yeah, exactly. This means war, which is that clunker starring Chris Pine and Tom Hardy. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, I liberally from like 2009 to 2012, there was only like three Reese Witherspoon movies. One of them was Monsters vs. Aliens, so I don't know. Mm, yeah, that doesn't count. What if in the time jump, Emily is dating Claire? That would be interesting. Emily's like, I found what I've always been looking for, and it's myself. <laughs> so Sarah says, I will, thanks. And Emily's just like four smiles through gritted teeth here. Uh, then we go back to the brew. Interesting shot as we're like looking at this like red wall and then move over like to look at uh, Hannah and Spencer through a, a window here. And Spencer says, "Beloved," and thus all my fanfiction begins. <laughs> Hannah's like, "What?" And Spencer says, "That's what Karasimi means in Latin, beloved." What a show off! Mm-hmm. And Hannah has to like one up her and say, "As in Charles, beloved son," like from the uh, gravestone. Mm-hmm. And Spencer says, 
You said that Jason told your mom about this scholarship. What if Mrs. D's favorite charity was also her oldest son's bank account? Which just ponder that for a moment. Like Jessica D was always throwing like these like bullshit charity, like fashion show, like bridal show events and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like hitting, hitting everyone up for money. What if that was all just going straight to Charles the whole time? So it's like the Charles fund money for know, Charles. Yeah. It, to me, it, it presents different tiers of an economic debate with this. How fucking rich are the De Laurentiis family? How much money is raised by these possible things? And would not, as is listed in the Kerasimi group there, wouldn't Charles, or if it was Mona, wouldn't they have to also do some, like, playing with that money? And, like, make it stretch out and, like, build, you know? Well, it's like Charles could be, like, the, uh, I don't know, like, the administrator of the charity or whatever. And he's mm. just, like, you know, taking all that money. Um, anyway, uh... Hannah, she's still looking at the website, and she says the owner has to be listed here somewhere. She goes back to her laptop. F- Spencer's phone rings, and Spencer's like, "Hello, I'm I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Uh, who is this?" So she gets up and like wanders off to find reception. Meanwhile, Hannah's messing with her website page, and then Sabrina walks up, holding like a kind of like homemade package of gummy bears here, <laughs> like in a plastic cellophane wrapper. <laughs> and Sabrina's like, "Where's Spencer?" And it says, "Uh, she's on the phone. She'll be right back." And Sabrina says, uh, tell her to thank me later. And she just smiles and she puts this little thing of gummy bears in Spencer's bag. There's a note on them. I think this note is very important. Mm-hmm. It says, don't stress, babe. S. With a little heart. Yeah, heart S. I like where this is headed. Yeah. I immediately I like-, like where this is headed. Well, and what makes it even better is Hannah's just like, I literally could not give a shit later. Hannah, Hannah doesn't really notice what just happened there. She's yeah. busy looking at the computer. And yeah. so Sabrina's just put some... Uh, presumably you know altered gummy bears in a spencer's bag and no one's really going to know how they got there i'm just going to leave this loaded gummy gun right here (laughs) there's a lot of talk about these gummy bears and the the realism i'm just amazed like how do you make homemade gummy bears like never mind what you might put in them exactly how do you make them in general do you have like a mold yeah that's what i want to know i mean i'm sure you could make gummy stuff but how do you get them shaped like bears that's what I'd like to know. Hmm. I'm sure there's like a mold. I guess. I don't know. You can buy it on Etsy or something. Yeah. Maybe I feel there's a lot of there's a lot of Etsy shit happening in Rosewood. Mm-hmm. Like you've got a lot of a lot of bored moms who, you know, don't have to worry about the kids because the nannies involved and the the husbands are are too little a little too concerned with like their daughters friends from high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basic American beauty. That's that's what Rosewood is. Well, so, seemingly once you turn like nineteen in Rosewood as a woman, it's like nobody wants to date you anymore. I so sorry. Another brief biographical aside. I used to work in a library where mm-hmm. I worked with a, a young woman who was a college freshman, mm-hmm. and guys were constantly hitting on her. Well, because, yeah, because that's reality. Because they thought she was a high school student. The moment she said, oh, no, I'm actually a freshman in college, these guys could not be more fucking disinterested in her. I mean, she was basically disgusting to them. Well, that was Georgia. Yeah. That's that's life. Sorry, ever. Georgia. Uh, so we see Spencer sitting on the steps outside, behind the couch area. We presumably lead up to the apartment stairs. There's nothing up there. Uh, Spencer's like on the phone. She's like, hello. And we hear Allison. Can you hear me? Spencer's like, Allie? We see that Allison is a... Part of a hotel room. She's basically it's like in the, the hotel bathroom. Yeah, the big fancy bathroom. She goes a lot of time oh, in this bathroom. Kenneth De Laurentiis is not about the Motel Six life here. And no, this thing is, is a huge ass like suite. Well, yeah, for a minute there, I thought this was like her her room in the suite, and then I realized this is the fucking bathroom. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so we see Allison in, her, in the hotel bathroom. And she's like, I'm at a hotel. My dad drove me in the middle of the night. He hid my cell phone, his car keys. I'm stuck here. And Spencer's just like... Well, you can see Allie's uh, she's messing with a coffee maker that's also in the bathroom here. That will be important later. Because Allie's got an Allie. Uh, she's, Spencer's like, Allie, I need to tell you something. And Allison's not going to be upstage in this reveal. She's like, Charles is alive. Stole your thunder, Spence. He said he's coming home for his birthday. Spencer's like, his birthday? I was like, today, Spencer, my dad called Jason, begged him to leave the house. He's determined to see Charles, no matter how dangerous it is. And Spencer, my favorite line, okay, and your dad didn't think to tell any of us? <laughs> I hope you all stay informed on this latest development. And Allie says, Charles isn't after you. Not this time. But if Jason tries to meet him, like, oh, not this time. Don't worry about Charles. And then there's a knock on the door. The doorknob rattles, and we hear Kenneth outside. And he's like, Allison! And Allie's like, just one minute, Dad. And he's like, where's my phone? Did you take my phone? Whoever you're talking to, you hang up now. I hope you hang up. Even when he's not on screen, he just brings that that energy. I love Jim Avil in this role. Yeah, really like, do. Allie? And she's like, I gotta go. Please, talk to Jason. Be careful. So she hangs up, and she opens the door, and Kenneth just, like, storms in, grabs the phone, yanks it right out of her hand. Mm. And Allie's like, I know you're trying to protect me, but what about Jason? What about my friends? We have to tell someone. Tell the police. He's like, tell them what? That I lied about my son for two decades? That I thought he was dead and I was wrong? Will you just give me one day, just one day to figure things out? He's just like wagging his finger in her face. Got the finger in his face. Yeah. He, the, Jim Avil, he just, he brings it. I mean, you had like 25 years, but sure, asshole. Have one more day. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, like the first episode he was in back in what, season three? Mm-hmm. I remember thinking back then, like this guy is like a non-presence, and what <laughs> what should it be like? You should get like somebody on Andrew Parker's level to play the dad. You gave her hope. Oh, and then I remember, like, I want to say I Marlon King was asked somewhere in like season five, "Are you going to recast Kenneth?" And she was like, "No, why or whatever." And this is exactly why, because this guy is amazing. <laughs> I hope they don't recast me. <laughs> so he just like slams the door. Uh, leaving Allie to just like stew in the bathroom again. And she has this really big, long sigh. And just, it's like the look on her face. It's just like, okay, my dad's a prick. Now she's, like, she's like, this bitch. Now I'm going to go back to the thing that I was planning to do even before that encounter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after commercial in Ellie's bedroom, she's sitting on the bed with like a notebook in her lap and she's checking like her phone. Doing homework or something. Yeah. There's a text from Spencer. We need to talk ASAP. Justin, uh, Sarah comes in the doorway. Well, Spencer's just like Emily. It's time for you to rejoin the show. Yeah. Emily, that was Claire. Her dad's going to pick me up in a couple hours. You see how, like, nervous Sarah is to even, like, tell Emily this? Like, yeah. that's how you know it's time to go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Emily, she's like, what? Why? Because it's the right thing to do. Honestly, you're terrifying. <laughs> I put you and your mom out for so long. No, you haven't. You know that. Look, I didn't want to say anything, but... I've met Claire once before, and she didn't have the nicest things to say about you. I'm just not sure that... She told me, just now. Honestly, Emily, uh, I didn't like me that much back then either. This is like kind of a sad admission, and Emily just like steamrolls right over it. Uh, she's like, are, are you sure about this? You don't look sure. I don't think about what you told me earlier, about what I want. If we're not living together, we can go on a real date. Maybe eat a meal your mom hasn't made for us. No more popovers? And Emily says, and isn't chaperoning? That would make it easier to do this. And Sarah takes Emily's face in her hands and gives her a big, long kiss. 
Yeah, it gives her a smooch. Uh, camera kind of drifts away, giving them privacy. I like that uh, it's like basically the pattern repeats again, though, with like Sarah and Allison, um, mm. where Sarah has to like potentially like make amends with her friends and be a normal person. She's learned from her ordeals, her trials, tribulations, as she's come back to Ithaca, as you will. Um, meanwhile, speaking of, of privacy, outside the Laurentis <laughs> house, we pan up from the side of the porch where the balloon was, and we see Ariane and Spencer are just pounding on that door. The liars are basically just like, open up, Jason. We know you're in there, asshole. Spencer's uh, like, Jason, just talk to us, please. Just imagine, like, cutting into that police car and the commentary as the two cops watch these <laughs> girls. Like, who the fuck are these monsters? <laughs> Yeah, so they, they get no response, and they, Hannah sighs, and Spencer's trying to look through the window, and Hannah's like, maybe he's not home. And Ari says, but his car's right there. And Spence says, uh, he knows why we're here. His dad already tried to get him to leave. And Hannah's like, you mean Allie's new prison guard? Uh, meanwhile, there's like the squad car is parked in the driveway. Dude's watching this whole thing. Guy gets out of the passenger side, and he's like, everything okay up there? And Spencer says, uh, yeah, we're fine. And Ari says, hey, have you seen Jason? And the cop says, looks like he doesn't want to be bothered right now. And Ari says, I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing about what Jason wants. <laughs> she doesn't say that, but she should have. And Costa's like, anything I, I can help you with? And Spencer's like, no, thank you. And they kind of fake smile and walk off. Spencer's, well, when Spencer lingers on the stuff, she sees that red balloon in the front window. Yeah, it's, the balloon has been moved inside. It's fucking cop, man. Then we cut to another like creepy old doll. This one is a it's at least it's not a baby doll. It's kind of like a you know in the in the form of a, like a young woman, I guess, with like big hair, frilly dressed. And we pan over, we see we're in Mona's room. Mike is sitting in a little like green Louis the Fourteenth chair there. He's just like stewing. Uh, he's waiting for Mona. Mona's not here. And then we hear like a door shut, and then Mona walks in and gasps because like ooh ambushed. Can't avoid him now. Well, he's. He's not really ambushing her, though. I mean, a little well, bit. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's basically in a deep, dark well of his own despair. Um, also, did Arya just steal Mona's dolls? Or are these, like, her used dolls that she's now dumping off on Mona? I mean, I don't know if she had these dolls the whole time. Or if she, like, went out and found a bunch of weird dolls. I mean, is Mona, like, like a crazy cat lady, but with dolls? Yes. Well, I think we should mention, just in case we didn't. Mike has brought over that basket of dolls. Like, this was, like, I guess when he asked Arya what he should do. Arya's like, bring over these crazy dolls to Mona. She'll like that. Uh, and Mona's Mike's like, what if she doesn't take them? And Arya's like, I don't know, throw them in the dumpster or something? Basically yeah. get them out of my fucking room. God, do I have to do everything? <laughs> and Mona says, what are you doing here? And Mike's like, I convinced your mom to let me in. I, I brought you something. And he kind of points at the basket of dolls. Mona is like very tense. She doesn't, doesn't even want to make eye contact with Mike right now. And Mike says, that, from Arya actually. Uh, so Mona kind of sets her purse down. She goes over to these dolls. She's very much avoiding even looking at Mike. Magic Mike, who's become tragic Mike. Mm. Mike says, I, I thought you were dead, Mona. I covered for you. I did everything you asked. And Mona says, I know. That's the point, Mike. I know what I put you through. You begged me not to go through with it. You stood in this room and fought with me for days. And I still did it. And Mike says, you thought you had to. And Mona says, and I was wrong. Everything we went through was all for nothing. Yeah. Uh, so she looks down at one of those blonde dolls, uh, and she's just like, hell's a very lonely hole in Ace Dollhouse, and maybe I deserve to be there, which, oof. Just fucking consider that for a minute. So he gets up, and he's like, what you did was incredibly stupid. And yeah, I'm pissed as hell at you. That doesn't matter. And she's like, yes, it does. It matters. He's like, not to me. 
Not now. All that matters is you're alive. Look at me, Mona. And she turns. Well, she's she's crying. He turns, yeah, he yeah. turns her to face him, and she does with her sad eyes. And she's she's so sad. She's so plainy like a fiddle, Mike. Like I I just don't buy it. Mona's up to something. Hey, uh, she's playing beautiful music on that fiddle, though. Mm-hmm. If, uh, yeah. if this doesn't melt your heart, then your heart is made of ice, and Mona is ice skating on it. Mm. So cut to Spencer's great room. Uh, she's passing out bottled water to everyone because that's what a good host does. Mm-hmm. And Emily, like Emily, just got read in on like what's going on. She's done smothering Cheryl Harvey for now. Mm-hmm. And Emily says, "So you think Jason's going to meet Charles somewhere tonight?" Spencer's- oh, also we should point out Emily and Aria are on the couch. Hannah's mm-hmm. like sitting at the island near Spencer. Well, yeah, the the kind of you know height levels here spence is uh standing up hannah's on a stool so they're both kind of like taller and looming over emily and Ari here they're definitely in charge yeah Mm -hmm. spencer says well a's not going to show up to ali's house without all with all those cops out front so it's probably going to be someplace outside of rosewood and hannah says that uh, she put one of caleb's gps trackers on jason's car so the second he moves they can follow him to a and he's like, follow him. We're being tracked too, remember? Charles or no, we're on to him. Ari kind of rubs her neck at this, and Spence says, that's why we have to remove our chips and leave them behind. Our phones, anything that A could be monitoring. Charles has to think he's in the clear. And Ellie's like, we can't ambush A. Charles has everything but superpowers. Nice lampshade there. Mm-hmm. Emily kind of looks to Aria for support, and she's like, hey, guys, listen to me. This has to be some sort of trap. A is always one step ahead of us. Yeah, Ari's like, Emily's right. Ali asked you to keep Jason safe, not to get us all kidnapped again. We need to take this to the police and just step back from it. Spencer says, the second this goes over the police radio or an email, A is going to know he's being followed and he's never going to show up. And Ari's like, well, that's fine by me. I don't want him anywhere near us. And I was like, <laughs> wait, so we're just supposed to just give up, let Charles keep owning our lives and keep lying to the ones that we love? I'm not going to live like that. Way to go, I love these liar meetup scenes. They're so meaty. Yeah. yeah. Like, this dialogue, I'm sure, will be of use in like a future uh, video I do. Mm. Spencer says, we'll tell Toby. He's got a badge and a gun. He can keep us safe. Debatable. <laughs> Spencer says, we can follow Jason without Charles knowing. If, and if anything goes wrong, he's going to be right there. And Ari's like, what about Sarah? What happens Oop. when A retaliates? And Hannah's like, I don't even know the girl. <laughs> no, she's like, Aria, if this works, I promise you, there's not going to be any fallout. Charles is never going to be able to hurt us or anybody that we love again. Which is a lofty bold promise yeah well I, i'm glad they, they brought this up because like a you know 30 seconds before i was wondering to myself wait why haven't they told the cops again lately like i couldn't remember and i was like oh yeah they threatened sarah that's why well, it's, it's like this is the point where you're watching with somebody who doesn't believe as much as you and when it's ever like, the, like we should go to the cops it's like you nudge your friend mm-hmm. you're like watch this is going to be good mm-hmm. they're going to have a great reason why they don't go to the cops and you know what spencer that one checks out well, you know, the uh, Sarah got hit with I a hit and run why, last week. I think this is why I feel like as they're planning out the season, as Brian Holman says, there's macro and micro. But they're planning out the season and somebody's like, no, no, just to hit home the point in like 607, we should have T- Tanner say, call it in like mm-hmm. seven more times. Well, you know, Sarah got like hit and run last uh, episode there. I feel like they could have done a little bit better of a job kind of like tying that in. Maybe they get like an A text or something. Like something to just remind us, oh, this is why they're not going to the police. Like just in case he forgot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like that was like a, 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 you know, a little shot across the bow. Right. 
Um, but yeah, yeah, sure. This plan's totally going to work, Spencer. Your plans always do. Uh, Emily says, so let's say we go through with this. How, how the hell are we supposed to remove those microchips? Mm-hmm. And Spencer and Hannah kind of look at each other and Hannah gets up and she says, well, and she gets this tray from the counter and carries it over to the coffee table. And she says, Spencer and I have been studying videos online. <laughs> and she sets the tray down. It's got like some towels, some iodine, a scalpel, some bandages. Oh, yeah. These two have been studying how to do surgery on YouTube. Mm-hmm. They're basically unstoppable. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you can't be serious. And Ari's like, oh, my God. Spence says, who wants to go first? I hope post time jump before like season six ends. I hope the liars have to like defuse a bomb with like a big like counting down clock. And Spencer's just like website paging how to do that real quick. Could this lead to like Dr. Hannah? Whoa. Mm-hmm. Like uh like Hollywood plastic surgeon. Yeah. Uh, Ari and Emily are like throwing these like terrified looks at each other like really is this happening and Hannah and Spencer both have these like very kind of like brassy like kind of pursed lips looks on their face like mm, yeah. these yeah. bitches yeah like kind of like just mad scientists <laughs> and then we cut to like a little bit Dr. later Eagles. on yeah yeah it's dark downstairs as Spencer lets uh fucking Toby in and then like upstairs we hear just Aria like yelp and she's like ow uh, so presumably Arya's told to Hannah right now is like taking out her trap tracker chip mm-hmm. and Toby's kind of looking around and Spence is kind of like, she looks upstairs, she's kind of worried. Uh, and we can see there's a bandage on the back of Spencer's neck there. And Toby's like, I don't have much time. I'm in the middle of a shift. Yeah. She's got a, she's got a bandage on the back of her neck. Like she's Marcellus Wallace from Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Um, what does Toby think he's there for? Like, that's I think I he's there for a nooner and he's going to be very disappointed. Um, because then in the background we hear Arya go like "ow" again. Then we hear this just like "hold still" from Hannah. <laughs> I like to imagine that Hannah just slaps her across the face. I I had to stop her from screaming. Yes. And Toby's like, "What's going on up there?" Spencer's like, "Um," and Toby's like, "What's with a bandaid?" I also just noticed in this scene that she's wearing a wishbone necklace, which fitting. Yeah, I guess the wish didn't come true. Because <laughs> uh, Spencer says, just if you could hold your questions until afterwards, that'd be great, okay? And she sighs and she says, okay, I want to tell you everything. I'm going to tell you everything, but I need you to promise me one thing first. You cannot tell anybody, including Tanner, at least not at first. What is this how their sexting conversations start? Mm-hmm. And Toby's like, I can't promise that. Spencer says, please, I'm not asking you forever. I'm just asking you for one night, please. And you can tell he's like super pissy, but he kind of like just closes his eyes and nods. Uh, and so Spencer, she starts fishing in her bag. Uh, notably, she pulls out that little bag of gummy bears, and, like sets it aside because she's looking for something. Mm-hmm. And then she pulls out a little piece of paper. She unfolds it. It's like kind of a, a copy of that photo of Jessica and the two young sons that Allie found. From the home home movie photo, basically. Mm-hmm. And Spencer says, and she points to the boy on the left, and she says, this little boy is Jason. And she points to the other one, and she says, and this one is A. And Toby kind of raises his eyebrow, takes a printout, and Spencer says, his name is Charles Dillerentis. And there's a big dramatic music here. It's kind of hard to tell. Is Toby concerned? Is he surprised? Is he sinister? You can never really tell with that face. That's Toby's O face. <laughs> his name is Charles, babe, and we're probably not going to get him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cut to Mike and Mona 
he's kind of like standing around awkwardly. Like, I guess Mona kind of composed herself, stopped crying. And she's just like, like processing Arya's dolls now. She's like taking them and stacking them on her shelf. Uh, and she says, Mona says, what was she using these for? And Mike's just like photographs. And Mona says, of what went we went through. And she picks up another doll. And this doll has its like, its hands are bound in twine. Yeah. You're fucked up, Arya. And Mona, like, yanks the twine off, and Mike's just like, yeah. Well, he says, yeah. It's really interesting. Like, he says, yeah, in a way, like, he just now got <laughs> that. Yeah. yeah. Like, Arya's kind of reliving it and pushing out some of this stuff through this process. Um, so, Mona comes over and picks up another doll, and he's just like, you're going to have to forgive yourself sometime. Which, according to Ezra, it's not so hard. No. Uh, so, Mike touches Mona's hand. She looks a little ashamed. He's like, do you want me to go? And she shakes her head no. So he kind of like rubs her chin, like examining those tears, and they kiss, and some acoustic guitar instrumental music comes on for a moment. Well, I know uh, we're supposed to be thinking like, oh, poor Mona, good on you, Mike. But like, I'm just like, you know, when I watch Janelle Parrish's expressions here, I feel like there's just like this hint of sinisterness as she like smiles and kisses him. I don't know. Maybe I'm imagining things, but it's we like she's, at- she's acting so wounded and vulnerable to avoid actually talking to him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't think they're in like the healthiest place right now. But I mean, that's as people, not necessarily I mean, it, as it, a relationship yet. It's a high school relationship. I mean, you know, what does healthy even mean? It's, <laughs> On this show, it's one of the healthier relationships. <laughs> I wonder. Yeah. So back at Spencer's now, Toby's upset. Toby's butt hurt. Hey, Toby probably just realized he, he's not going to get his, like, you know, lunch break sex that he thought he was going to get. Yeah. And he's like, God damn it. I should have went to Chipotle first. <laughs> and he says, Spencer, this information could have helped us. Tanner needed to know about this weeks ago. He's uh, he's doing some vocal stuff in this episode, I feel like. Oh, this is Keegan Allen's finest episode. I this think. really is Keegan Allen's finest episode. The This is number one. Number two is still the episode with the flashback to... <laughs> What Allie? And Allison almost kissed, and he's like <laughs> his trucks and stuff, and young Toby. Yeah, something's wrong with my mom. Yeah, that bitch is lazy. <laughs> I would like you to leave now. <laughs> that You're making me the, cry. That was the one where I was like, I fucking love Toby. I can't, I can't talk shit about him. You know, <laughs> like I used to. Uh, Spencer says, "I didn't have a choice. He was holding a knife to Sarah's throat. He threatened Ooh. everybody we've ever cared about." Please, I just need one night. If we do not fly under the radar, this won't work. These are basically boys to men lyrics. Yeah. And all the liars like kind of troop down the stairs. And Hannah says, Jason's on the move. We got to go. And Toby's like, no, no, no. Nobody's going anywhere. Spence is like, Toby, I just told you. It has to be this way. He says, you're not going near A or Charles, whatever that freak's name is. You want my help. We're doing it my way. So can you do a few lines of Sinatra's my way and Toby voice? No, uh, that line is such a like a movie trailer line. You want my help? We're doing it my way. It's like I think they needed like Caleb to really sell that line. Like, you want my help? We're doing it my way. Oh, that's definitely that's definitely on the bucket list of like things you want to say in real life, though, right? Well, it's did you see like the Fantastic Four trailer? I'm afraid that I did. Yeah, if we do this. We're doing it my way. It's like you know that's like the 14th trailer this year where they use that line dialogue. It just feels a little stale after a while. But I mean, like, I, I want to say that at some point in my life. I want to say the call is coming in from, from inside the house. I don't uh, think you're going to say that. That doesn't, 
Like, it's no, not culturally it's, relevant anymore. It's not feasible at all. I want to yeah. get in a helicopter chase. I want to say, like, uh, I could protect you, but I can't get a war for you. Yeah. A chase in a helicopter? Yeah. I would think you'd go for the, like, you want to hang on to that, that you know, landing skid part of the helicopter. I don't ever want to have to do that. Really? <laughs> no. How long do you think what you're going to feasibly hold on? kind of action star are you? How long do you think you're going to feasibly hold on to that? You've never wanted to, like, you know, like, jump from an exploding building and, like, I'd grab onto the... I'd rather do the ultra, like, realistic from, like, the Wolverine thing where, like, I somehow propel myself onto there and kick my way in. I don't know. Hmm. I don't want to hold on to the outside of that thing. Your action movie fantasies are depressing me. Oh, please. Like, you have interesting action movie fantasies. Come on. I want to hang on Your to the skids of the helicopter. to take some Vicodin and eat some, like, oatmeal cookies. Excuse me. I do not eat oatmeal cookies. Whatever the nonsense cookies you like. Chocolate <sighs> chip? No, there was one before where you, you wanted some kind of bizarre, weird cookie shit. Weird cookie shit. We're going to have to talk about this afterwards because I have no idea what kind of cookie you're talking about. Okay, you're impugning my cookie taste. I do not eat oatmeal raisin cookies. <laughs> you're talking about like a Girl Scout cookie? Do they have oatmeal raisin cookies for Girl Scouts? No. Okay, then. Hmm. All right. Spencer says, no, you can't tell Tanner. If A finds out about this plan, and he's like, I got it, Spencer. But if you try and follow me. Or go near Jason. She's going to be my first call. Like, oh, stand back, liars. Toby's got this one. What could possibly oh, go wrong? Also, there's some finger pointing acting. Mm-hmm. And he says, who has Jason's GPS? Hannah has this just completely disgusted look on her face. Like, I can't believe we're trusting this asshole. Yeah. Uh, she's like, I do. This is Caleb's burner phone. She hands it over to him. I wish they had held her reaction as she processes that, like, a little bit longer. But yeah, I mean, she hands I, it over, huh? Yeah, say it's, it's clearly it's like Spencer. Spencer trusts Toby here. Nobody else in this room does. We're not even really sure why Spencer does. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then you can see in the back of Hannah's neck, like she has like a bloody bandage there too. And Arya's like, "Uh, Hannah, you're bleeding." Hannah's like, "What? Where?" And he's like, "What do you mean where? Where Doctor Amateur Hour cut your neck open?" And Hannah has this, like, really, like, hilarious, like, annoyed look on her face. Like, this is just, like, what a bother. Uh, and so, like, the the other liars, they all just, like, troop back upstairs now. You know, like, but so I, I really felt, this is the moment in the episode where I really felt Emily. Because, like, of all the heightened emotions and complicated things happening here, I feel like that would be me. Like, what the fuck do you mean where? <laughs> well, and Toby's just watching them, like, who the fuck are you people? Oh, I love that he gets his reaction. Yeah, and they all just like, like you know, file back upstairs. Like they, they're gonna, you know, leave Spencer alone here. Go fix Hannah's neck. And Spencer says, "You can't do this alone." And he says, "I'm not letting you come with me, and you're not letting me call Tanner. So alone is looks like our only option." Spencer's like, "I instantly regret this plan." <laughs> yeah, she takes his hand, moving close. Like for some reason, she really does care about this dumb bastard. She says, yeah. "Please be careful. You call me the minute you find Jason." She kisses him. And he gives her pouty face, and she gives him like almost like I I may never see you again level kissing. We're not that lucky. Uh, off screen, we hear Spencer call down. Spencer, where's your surgical tape? And Spencer's like, I'll be right there. So she kind of breaks apart from Toby and goes upstairs. And Toby's looking at the burner phone and frowning. Probably doesn't know how to use it. Well, he's looking at it like he's never seen a phone before. Mm-hmm. And then he, he looks past it and his eyebrows raise. And I think this was the moment when, you know, we watched this episode together 
when I was just like, oh shit, is he going to take the gummy bears? And then he does. And I like, it just, I fell out of my chair practically. It blew my mind. Like I can't, I was like, they're going there. They're totally going there. He looks down, he sees the gummy bears and he takes them for himself. Well, because that's the only thing better than Spencer taking them. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, in his defense, the note is signed S with a heart, so maybe he thought they were for him. But yes. Toby, this is what happens when you take out someone else's candy without asking. Well, I feel like I feel like Game on Charles really set the stage for a lot of this stuff too. I think that you know we we joke about it. It's Andrew, babe. Mm-hmm. Like this is like this is their little pet. It's name for stress, other. babe. Yeah, this is their pet name. They call each other babe. Ugh. So this plan will turn out. But also, I want to say it's the same. Whoops. I want to say it's the same like brief little acoustic guitar love theme that we got from Mike and Mona here, <laughs> like the the doomed romance acoustic guitar lick. Well, and just like there's this like check off like pot gummy bears like introduced earlier in the episode, and you're like, I wonder how those are going to come into play, and you're like, they wouldn't they wouldn't do that, would they? They wouldn't like they wouldn't. It's like getting exactly what you wanted for Christmas. You're like, oh my god, Toby's going to eat the fucking gummy bears. This is yeah. going to be awesome. Yeah, somebody's been peeking at our Christmas list. But so mm-hmm. the only other person that would have been worthy, uh, speaking of the next scene. So Allison's hotel room, there's a knock on the door. Oh, God, yeah. Allison is confined to the bathroom scene. Well, you know, she's, she's in the bathroom. Uh, Daddy Ken here walks right in. Yeah. Does, like, no lock on the door. Like, what if she was taking a dump? Just saying. Yeah. Well, so she slides something back in the drawer real quick. He comes to get coffee. The coffee maker is in the bathroom. Well, did you notice that before, like, she's looking at this bottle of pills before he walks in, we can't really see her, like, uh, she's on the left side of the frame. There's a reflection of her on the right. She looks normal on the left side of the frame, but on the right side, where you can see kind of the other side of her face, she's smirking. Mm-hmm. She's, got, she's got a little alley smirk going on. Well, she come, he comes in. She's in, like, sweats, shoeless, combing her hair. And he, for some reason, is, like, going somewhere. And she's like, uh, I'm just getting ready for bed, Dad. Like, not all of us are playing standing guard all night. He has like a piss sigh as he well, this like just like breathing loudly as he walks out with his coffee. Uh, so he this this whole bit really reminds me of Lolita too. The whole like hotel thing, like Ew. oh yeah, yeah. creep vibes. He's he's humbert humberting her. Yeah. Um. So in the drawer after he leaves, we see that there's a bag of decaf co- decaf coffee that she used, and she covers that up in the trash with some tissue. And then we see that she used sleeping pills as well. So she not only did she like switch out a regular coffee with decaf, but she I don't know like crushed up sleeping pills and just like put them in there. Well, Does so that work? I'm really curious about that now. I think obviously this is potentially Allison's mo. Yeah, Ali's like I'm gonna roofie your ass. But also, she learned her lesson from when she roofied Spencer and it didn't take is because mm-hmm. she was speeding. So she's just, no chances, going to take the caffeine out of the mix, too. Yes. This is the alley that we've been missing right here. The, what, you, what we were really robbed from in this episode, though, is the exaggerated, like, Kenneth, like, as he realizes he's been drugged. Like, his legs go all woozy. and He's, like, gripping the wall and staring at her. I've been drugged. I or, hope you don't do anything stupid, Allie. Pouring hot coffee as himself as he like loses control of his body and hits mm-hmm. the ground. Oh, I'd love that. And then urinates. <laughs> oh God, I'm peeing. Get a glass. Uh-oh. Then we go to the police station, and we see that uh, Toby he's got that bag of gummy bears is open, oh, and he's got the he... cell phone tracker in front of him. And he's kind of he's like he's already like he's kind of like tapping his fingers. He's a little loose already in the scene, you know. Oh, so... Kind of drumming his fingers around absentmindedly. 
We're in the break room. The shot opens with a shot of Toby's hands, the bag of gummy bears, and the GPS tracking phone. His hands. I would like to mm. think that this shot was just for us. Yes. Um, so he then tips his head back and throws in a mouthful of those gummy bears, which is wonderful. <laughs> nom, nom, nom. As a viewer, you see this and you're just like, this is fucking excellent. You're then like, yes, screen, yes, yes. We, we, I love that, I love that you never see whatever article of food Lorenzo's referring to, but he says, you want some of this? Are you just going to eat Spencer's candy all night? L-O-L-O-L-O-L. That's what she said. I think he's so, eating like a burrito or something. I, it could be a burger. It could be a burrito. Who the fuck knows? Um, so Toby, mouthful of like gummy bears. If I was directing this scene, if I was Bethany Rooney, I would have done this scene like a hundred times. <laughs> and each time I would have increased the amount of gummy bears in Keegan Allen's mouth. <laughs> I don't know if I can do like half stone Toby voice. I'm not sure if I can do this. Um but he, he sees on the tracker that uh, Jason's car is stopped and he's at that address, like 72183 Wallaby Ave. Um, so Jason's, he's there where he's supposed to go. And Toby's just like, I'm okay. Hey, we should swing by. <laughs> I can't do it. We should swing by Wallaby Avenue. I heard there's some activity going on there. Break-ins. Uh, I, I can't do it. He's like, he's doing this like kind of, it's very loose loose toby you know it's like not not totally high yet but getting there so very casual after true detective though don't you want to hear toblerone say pros prost yeah we should Uh, go shake down the pros and lorenzo's like in sherwood and toby's like "Mm mm-hmm and lorenzo's like it's not exactly our jurisdiction toby says yeah but there's nothing going on here tonight these guys could use our help anyway in your fucking face sherwood police yeah Lorenzo just kind of shrugs and he tosses there, his like burrito there, or whatever. Isn't there always some wayward pedophile to shake down in Rosewood? I mean, like always. Mm-hmm. You I know, notably, like, we don't see two two main characters in this episode, uh, Caleb and Ezra. Mm-hmm. Mm. So anyway, Toby he's heading to the back door and he says, "Hey, come on, you know the car's over here." And Lorenzo's like, "Yeah, we got to let Command know we're going." And Toby's like, "No, we don't." And he holds out his his hand like like no, bro. Uh, Lorenzo says, you want to leave our beat and not tell anyone? And Toby makes some Toby faces, and Lorenzo's like, Kavanaugh, what's going on? I'll explain on the way. And Lorenzo kind of frowns, Toby opens up the back door, and he's like, you're going to come with me or not? So Lorenzo falls him out. It's like, Jesus Christ, Toby, you had, you had one fucking job. Go follow Jason alone. And now you're roping in Lorenzo. You asshole. Well, is the fresh perspective just following procedure? Following protocol, is it maybe like the state assigned like real cops to Rosewood PD to just like make sure these assholes don't fuck up? Yeah, I I, I wonder. I I mean, after this, I'm sure Lorenzo has to be like, I will take literally anyone else as my partner. Mm-hmm. I will take a dog. I will take a talking parrot. I will take Tippy the bird. I will take Oscar the raccoon. I don't care who. More comical the better. Make them my partner. Get me the fuck away from Toblerone, Kavanaugh. So we go back to Spencer's place. We're in her room. We see there's a, uh, that tray is like piled up with like bloody bandages and scalpels and, and the bandage packaging and whatnot. The, the surgery is over mm-hmm. and Spence is pacing. The other liars are on her bed and Emily says, Toby can't call you if he's following A. Spence says, or if he's hurt. And Ari's like, don't go there. Like you said, Toby's a police officer. He can take care of himself. She says it. In a way where it's like by the time the words have come out of her mouth, she's <laughs> she no longer believes herself. it. Yeah, she's just like. <laughs> and Spencer's like, have you met my boyfriend, Aria? 
<laughs> no, she doesn't say that. Hannah's phone beeps and Spencer's like, did it download? And Hannah says, yeah, it just finished. Jason stopped 10 minutes ago. She holds out the phone to Spencer. We see he's still at Wallaby Avenue. And she says, guys, this is right outside of Rosewood. You should have called me by now. Well, I love that they have, like, they're not, they're not content to, like, let Toby have the sole, you know, mm-hmm. amount of information there. Yeah, they're going to keep tabs on that asshole. Yeah, and yeah. Ari's like, Spence. And Spence is like, no, he's supposed to be your backup, not some one-man target. And if anything happens to him, she grabs her keys. I'm going. And it's like, I'll go with you. She craves action. And he's like, okay, I didn't let Hannah perform search around me for nothing. Let's go. So the other liars get up to leave. Uh, Arya grabs Hannah's phone and dials 911. But she uh, hesitates on the call button. And Emily comes back in. She's like, come on, we'll be okay. So Arya kind of very reluctantly turns the phone off. She doesn't call 911. Mm-hmm. Someone so, else does call 911 in this episode. So uh, exterior, some building at night. Jason's like letting himself in like a gated courtyard. There's like a no trespassing sign on like the same Radley said, I imagine. Uh, it's looks like it's smaller. Um, so he's heading like inside the building. Dramatic music. Mere feet away is Black Hoodie A. Like, well, Jason how- was just he was at this gate. He like looks left, looks right, doesn't see anything, and like walks off. And then the camera moves over. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna guesstimate like ten feet. And like, like Black no. Hoodie's just like right there watching. Like four feet. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow I don't know. Maybe maybe Black Hoodie like just approached or something. Jason doesn't see Black Hoodie. He's watching there. Jason's gone inside. This is like an arcade. Black Hoodie uh, A is decloaked in front of Jason. Yeah. Um, so yeah, A checks the like checks their phone, sees the tracking program. So it's the, all four liars. You know their IDs are still at Spencer's house, the Hastings household. Did, did you notice the numbers there? Hannah's number one. Like uh, number one through four, it's Hannah, Spencer, Arya, and Emily. Oh, hmm. you're fucking face Emily. Uh, yeah, A lets themselves into the gated area to follow Jason. So after the commercial, uh, Allison's like hanging outside the Mortimer. Uh, West Plaza Hotel, uh, a car pulls up and she gets in. She says to the driver, thank you for coming. You're the only one who answered my call. And then we see that the driver well, is... You're wondering, who is this? Who's picking up Allie right, right now? Right. It's and Mona. It's Mona. Mona picked her up. Doesn't say a word. She just drives off. Uh, I gotta I say, I mean, it, I love that they had a Mona Allie scene, but I feel like we were robbed. Like, we needed, like, a ten-minute scene with them. Oh, yeah. Like, talking more than just, like, you know, plot business. Right, right, right. Um, but I think also part of you, you know, in that like 10 seconds that you had to wonder who this was, part of you like hoped it was Mona. You know what I mean? But also... Well, it's like who else would you, it be? Yeah. Well, part of you, if you've ever watched a TV show before, had to know that it would be somebody who had been in the episode so far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like Mike. I mean... Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like they were going to bring in Ezra for like the last five minutes. You know? And Not, they could have, I guess. Yeah. So inside this old Ben Arcade, Jason walks in. He walks up to a spot where there's like, tons of these like plastic jumping frogs, like the blue one. Yeah, like the same one that uh, A left for him. This is like the cheap shit you get when you win at like skee ball. Yeah. Uh-huh. So as you see, I mean, you have to like do all your fucking tickets and stuff. Mm-hmm. It takes like 500 tickets to get three of these. Uh, so as he sees this, his cell phone starts ringing. It's an incoming call from Dad, which he declines that shit. So uh, we know Ken is zonked out right now. So this is at this is actually Allie who's calling him. Yeah. But he thinks it's his dad, so he kills it. So uh, he starts walking around, like, calling out, like, Charles, you here? Charlie? Um, just a note. If this is indeed Charles, his half-brother, then it potentially was also Charlie, his half-brother, who nearly killed Jason with an elevator two seasons ago. Potentially. We can get to that at the end of the episode. But potentially. Uh, yeah, so Jason's walking around. He's like, I came alone, just like you asked. And mm-hmm. then somehow, again, 
Jason because he's doubting himself. Cloud is doubting. He's clouding his vision. He doesn't see again that looming shadow of black hoodie A's is growing larger as it approaches Jason. Well, it's like somehow he's just not looking. Like if you just turn your head like ninety degrees, Jason, I think you'll see a black hoodie. Or like three degrees to wherever mm-hmm. this like like lighted entryway where a <laughs> silhouette of a person is approaching you. Yeah, you might notice that. Uh, so we go back to Allie and Mona in their car. And Allie says, did you tell Mike where we were going? And she shakes her head. What did she tell Mike? Were they in like mid makeout session? Like she like, like her phone goes off and she's like, I got to go. I'm sure that's not the first time it's happened to tra- Tragic Mike. Yeah. And Mona says, how did you get out of there? And Allie says, sleeping pills. I still couldn't find my dad's car keys, though. Mona just kind of like nods like this is totally normal. Mm-hmm. And she says, I'm just glad I could help. I know I owe you. More than just a car ride. You know, when she says that, there's a look on her face. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'd just seen what I want to see. But the, the the way she words that, you know, I know I owe you more than just a car ride. Hmm. I was much more uh, dialed into Allison's reaction. Yeah, Allie, um, Allie doesn't seem mad at all. Just kind of like regretful, you know, like... Mm. I think that there might be some animosity buried there. It's a complicated cocktail of emotions, but mm-hmm. she's not going to open that up. I don't know. It just, to me, Mona seemed almost eager when she said that she owes Allie. Uh, and then Allie starts dialing her phone, and Mona's like, are you trying Jace again? And Allie says, no. No one's answering their phones. There's no point. And Mona's like, then who are you calling? And Allie says, 911. And Mona's like, Allison, don't do that. Bitch, I'm Allie D. I can do anything. And this is where I wonder, like, Mona, she's wearing to come pick up Allie, but, like, did she count on Allie calling the cops? Don't know. The operator says, 911, emergency 23. And Allie says, my name is Allison DeLaurentis. And the operator says, your emergency? And Allie says, my friends and family are in danger. I know who A is. His name is Charles DeLaurentis, and he's my brother. And the dispatch should say, who the fuck is A? What are you talking about? You can't just call 911 and tell them who A is. Yeah. You think she, I don't know, like, she could have called, like, Tanner directly or something. <laughs> he just calls 911. Hi, I know who A is. And they're like, oh, go on. I would love if there was, like, a rash of, like, copycat things where, like, fans <laughs> just called 911 wherever they live. They're like, I know who A is. I mean, I, I guess the cops are aware that there's a new A now. Hmm. Mm. I don't know. Mona looks very easy, uneasy about all this. Probably because she's playing the game. Well, it's still unclear if, like, when Mona fell down that cliff at the end of season two, what was the story given to the authorities? I think you know? they they were aware that Mona was acting as an A and blowing the liars, but they left out a lot of the details. But I wonder if, like, the liars ever said, like, A, or they just said, here's this girl, Mona Vanderall, who's been like... They did, because in in the season three premiere, they get the kind of like prank uh, text, you know, that shows your boobs, boobs, A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So people are at least somewhat aware. Okay, so these aren't just living room. The cops come bursting in, guns drawn. So two cops we saw outside before. Very responsive cops. Yeah, one cop we saw before and his partner, and he's like, there's no one here because he can speak because he's already spoke. Sure, after you check the living room, call it in. A well, one room in the house. There's no one here. Even though she's not there, Ari's already checked the bedrooms. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, he finds the red balloon with the card with the address on it. We push it on the balloon as uh, you know. We hear the radio chatter. 
Meanwhile, in the abandoned arcade, Jason's still walking around in the dark. He, he finally notices uh, like the silhouette of A. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Charlie? And the hoodie starts walking towards him. But then, there's a loud bang, and Ossifer Toby here charges in with his gun out. Don't move. I'm sorry, don't move. Uh, Black Hoodie kind of sees Toby, and he runs off. And then Lorenzo enters from, like, another direction. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I'm, I'm amazed. These are, like, the least trigger-happy cops in history. Uh, I mean, like, I thought they'd just be, like, guns blazing here, but they, they hold the I fire. I wish there was, like, a window so, like, one of them could burst through and, like, do, like, a roll. Yeah. Jason's like, oh, my God. And Lorenzo's like, on the ground now. And A has, like, run and hid behind some, like, random shit. It seems like they have A cornered here. And Jason's just like, Charlie. But then A has like a like a trap that he apparently is set up. He like pulls like a rope or something, and there's like all these like metal pipes like suspended from like a, a high like forklift or something like that. And they all they just like fall right on top of Lorenzo. And Lorenzo's totally just like, nah. Like he totally screams and goes down. Well, I mean, like you can you can perceive that like A is a genius and sets up these traps beforehand, which would make sense. I almost read it initially as just A just is that good, like thinking on their feet. I just figured A is like an Ewok or something. He just sets up like weird, like rudimentary traps. A doesn't use a gun. He's like a weird supervillain who has to use like found objects. Um, so A springs another like pipe trap, and Toby dodges out of the way. And then A hits like a like a transformer switch or something. All the lights come on in the arcade. All these neon lights and there's flashing and there's sirens. And now Toby is tripping balls because he well, is high as fuck. Yeah, he's he collapsed on the ground. He's encompassed by these evil pot gummy bears. Uh, like before you can even verbalize, though, typically your tripping balls joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A gets like to the like projectile like like ball. Well, shooter we're thing. getting there first, though. Toby is like, you know, he had a he had a line on A, but now he's tripping balls from all these like lights and noises. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the liars enter in the background. They all come in just at this moment as Toby's like collapsing on the ground, like his you know evil pot gummy bears have taken him out. Well, they come in like like almost like slow motion. It's hard to describe how glorious this is that uh, Toby finally has like A in his sights and he can't act because he's stoned out of his mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was actually I was expecting him to like shoot Lorenzo here or something. Well, for half It'd a second. It'd be like R.I.P. Lorenzo. Well, yeah, either that or half a second as the liars are all coming in like mm-hmm. two by two in like slow motion. I thought, oh shit, is he going to shoot the liars? That would um, be just unacceptable. Yeah. Like for Toby to live and one of the liars to die. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. So Spencer kind of sees what happened. She sees Toby's tripping. Uh, Jason's still trying to talk to A and Spencer says, everybody stay back. And Jason's just like, Charlie, don't. And Lorenzo is like, got on his feet again. He's like, watch it. And so Charlie, like he runs and he takes cover behind like a baseball pitching machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he just starts like like blowing up Lorenzo with some like batting practice baseballs here, and Lorenzo just like goes down again. Like uh, words do not do this justice. It's hilarious to watch what happens. Oh yeah, I mean like I I honestly don't care if they ever reveal who Charles is or catch A as long as we can have scenes like this. <laughs> He's still like I don't have a gun, but I have like a baseball machine that just like fires baseballs at you. Like takes takes Lorenzo out like a second time with this uh, like Lorenzo's baseball like, game. I can't have a professional or people shooting balls at my face. And Hannah's yeah. like, there goes your social life. <laughs> Boom. And uh, so Jason starts like ducking, you know, these these balls that are flying around. 
Uh, Arya's like, oh my god. And uh, Spencer's like, Toby. And she runs over to him. But Jason kind of like, he holds her back. And stoned ass Toby, like he gets hit with some baseballs and goes down. And they're just like, these balls are like, they're hitting like random pinball machines. And like, their machines are exploding, like sparks everywhere. You know, it's yeah. like causing all kinds of chaos. Uh, and Jason, like, he actually, like, pulls Spencer to the ground and covers her. Like, they're, like, under fire from real weapons, not baseballs. <laughs> and then A, of course, just runs off. And Spencer's like, no. And the other liars, like, they, they come up to, like, high as fuck Toby. And I think, no, the others. Oh, no, it's, it's, Lorenzo. it's Lorenzo. Yeah. yeah. And Hannah, for some reason, is like, oh, my God, Lorenzo, are you okay? Like, fuck Lorenzo, run after A. Yeah. Uh, and so they help this asshole to his feet. And he's like holding his shoulder and he's like, I'm okay. I'm okay. Spencer's like, Jason, I'm sorry. And he's like, don't touch me. And he like shoves her away. He's all pissed off. Uh, like, cause this is all Spencer's fault. Cause your plan was so good, Jason. Right. Spencer, she crawls over to like blitz Toby here. Who's just like staring off into space. And she's just like, you had him. I saw you. I saw you. What happened? I really wanted Spencer to just be like, you fucked it up. You fucked it up. Sarah's life was in your hands, man. They're going to kill that poor woman. But Toby's just like, he's out of his gourd. He's just like, just gone. Uh, and then some more cops like kick in some more doors and they're just like, hold it, freeze, put your hands the, up. The real cops show up. Mm-hmm. Don't move. Do not move. So the liars all have to just like put their hands up. Uh, this was uh, just absolutely hilarious what a clusterfuck once again he's just like god these assholes babe set another trap for me and i just run away i got high and i pooped myself babe i pooped myself um so later ashy storms in the house of, of hannah hannah's house trailing uh ashy's you know pissed off uh she's just like having two cop cars parked outside isn't enough huh you need one parked in the foyer too and hannah's just like well, we were so close to catching him. And Ashley, you know, speaking for the, some of the audience, that is not your job. You're a high school student. <laughs> your job is to cash in that scholarship and go to a good college and get yourself away from this mess. Not to get kidnapped again by some maniac. Um, Really funny kind of like flapping arms by uh, Laura Layton here. Just, yeah. She's totally bewildered. And Hannah's just like, Mom. And Ashley's like, what? What could you possibly have to say for yourself here? <laughs> so, you know, Hannah sighs and she's just like, I don't think we should take it scholarship and is very composed all things considered yeah and she actually well because she's she's come to this decision over time mm -hmm. <laughs> like this decision means more to her than like the situation she just escaped from and who knows mm -hmm. like how long they just spent at a police station before they were able to leave and yeah she's like, i don't think she's taking the scholarship and she's like what are you talking about and says well you said ali's mom donated to the kerosene group if that company is somehow connected to the rentist then look i can't explain it but i have a really bad feeling about this money now she's like, Hannah, listen to me. Everything that family has put you through, you deserve every last cent of that scholarship money, which is why I already deposited the <laughs> check into Spaghetti Bank. And believe me, that felt really great. High five to Ashley for stacking that bread up, not giving a fuck. Yeah. So she just walks off and we get some sad Hannah face. Because I think Hannah knows, like, like shit ain't free. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I would love it if this was actually Mona's doing. Like, if Mono is just like, you're going to college with me. Yeah. Yeah. Then we because, go to Ari's uh, room. You know, Hannah is uh, Mono's beloved. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that would be interesting, yeah. So, we go to Ari's room. She's kind of, like, huddled up, you know, knees against her chest, crying from her one real eye. 
And there's a knock at the door. Arya says, I don't want to talk anymore, Dad, please. It's not Chad Lowe. He's not in this episode. He's too busy editing his previous episode. Mm-hmm. It's Mike. Um, I mean, I guess we assume that, like, the liars just all, like, got their asses chewed out. Right. You know. Um, I, I, I almost would, like, I feel like Tanner would just, like, arrest them all. Like, not to charge them, but just to hold them for 48 hours. Like, keep them from causing more trouble. Yeah. She's like, fuck this. You bitches are causing way too much trouble for me. They um, need to do... I want them to do that thing, like, the bullet thing. Where she just has them all, like, holed up in a hotel room. You know, mm, like, like... Yeah. Possibly in another town. <laughs> <laughs> and they just have, like, the best cops. Well, like, I mean, they would just... Um, they would immediately, like, seduce and destroy whatever, like, cop was supposed to be watching them. And Officer and Barry's just, like, sneak like, off. Whoa, Hannah, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm sorry, Detective Barry. Yeah. She's myself. like, Barry, I made you some coffee. Allie's recipe. <laughs> oh, I, I hope that they play out on that joke forever on this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Mike comes in and he says, hey. Arya wipes her tears away and Mike's just like, they're pretty mad, huh? And Arya's like, yep. He says, you okay? She just like stares at him for a while. And he says, talk to Mona. We're going to try and work things out. And he's smiling like Arya could give a fuck right now. Yeah. <laughs> so he crouches down next to her and he says, you're really brave. You know that, right? She kind of shakes her head and she says, why do I feel so scared all the time? Mike could say something profound here, but instead he just says nothing. stands back up and says, I'll leave you alone. And you see it's an envelope in his back pocket. He pulls it out and he says, this came for you while you're out. He hands it to her. You see, it's from the Cardio Art Fellowship. So another possible like ray of sunshine for Arya here. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, at the Rosewood PD station, somehow they're letting Spencer just like wander free. Yeah. She finds Toby kind of like zonked out in the conference room. He's got some coffee. The only thing missing is for Toby to have like one of the victim blankets wrapped around him. On well, Toby, he's like he's just staring straight ahead. He's like mm-hmm. sweating. He's kind of like swallowing like a fish on dry land occasionally, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's gone. It's Keegan Allen. It's like he, he's he's really nailing the like I got way too high vibe. Which this I know a lot so, of people are like, oh, that's not how edibles work, you know, like er pot doesn't work that way. But whatever. It's PLL. Yeah. This is your brain. This is your brain on like life, love, and beauty. Um mm-hmm. Spencer's just like, hey, buddy, how you feeling? He's just like staring <laughs> ahead. And she's like, look, I didn't know what that she'd put those in my bag. Okay. And I'm just sure that you're only supposed to take like one. But he, like, I don't think he's even totally aware that she's there. He's like turning green practically. She's like, I, she's like, I really should have told you I was having problems. And she's you know, a little sad. And he's like, we were so close. If you hadn't eaten... And I like that she kind of puts it back on him. It is on him. And she's like, that's what you get for stealing someone else's candy, Toby. And he's like, I need you to leave. Or sorry, what does he say? I need you to leave. Wait in the lobby for your mom. And kind of, he pulls his hand away from her. His hand's like shaking. He says, I I can't have somebody come looking for you and find me like this. And he turns away. He's like, just, he's embarrassed as he gets angry, I think. So, like, is this how Toby gets fired from the police? Because, I mean... Or framed. Why wouldn't he? Yeah. They're like, Toby, you're sacked. Get out of here. Well, the fact that he's managed to get back to the station and into this room without anybody realizing... 
yeah, he, he doesn't want, you know, he, he can't uh, find, 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 find me like this. Like, how did they not notice already? Was he just like, it's nurse or something? Well, you've seen Toby. What if Stone Toby to like the casual mm-hmm. like, police like uh, employees like is what normal Toby looks like too? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm a little more concerned about Sabrina. I hope she doesn't catch any heat for this. Yeah, she seems like a sweet girl. Yeah. So Spencer has to say like, okay, you know, she rubs his arm and gets up. She's crying. Time for a musical montage. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Arya opening the letter from the uh, Arts Foundation. There it says, "Congrats, you're a finalist for the photography competition." You see the grand prize is cash and a summer internship at a prestigious magazine in Los Angeles. Do those even exist? I mean, do magazines even exist anymore? I'm trying to remember. I know I did did some research on it. There was like a fake magazine in Ezra's apartment that she was reading like back Mm. in like season three or four. I wish I could remember the name of it. Um, I would love for her to work at that magazine. Um, I want like the next episode for us to find out that like Clark didn't get in. Is going to be a finalist? <laughs> you fucking face, Clark. Yeah. Or, yeah, like, kind of, she kind of like holds the letter to her chest. She's kind of like daring to hope here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go back to the police station. Spencer's just like wandering through the halls, like feeling sad. She looks in on Toby one last time in the conference room and walks off. Like, they just let Spencer Hastings like walk through a police apartment. Uh, who's going to stop her? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, Arya, yeah, Daring to Hope, that's exactly how I'd put it. She looks like she's about to look out the stars and sing, like, somewhere out there from American <laughs> Tale. Uh, so look at Emily's room. She comes in. She sees that, like, uh, cot that Sarah's been, like, on. It's all folded up. She picks up Sarah's pillow, hugs it, smells it, like, rubs I'll her nose on it. I'll bet it smells like Pantene Pro-V. You know, because she takes showers. Right. Um, then she goes to her purse, takes out the little, like, tracker bead. She puts it in her desk and, like, smashes it with a book. So um, I saw some people mention, like, oh, that's so dumb, Emily. Like, now you tipped off Charles, at, you know, like, the, about the trackers. But he has to know, right? Right. Like, they all showed up at the arcade. I think he could figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and despite uh, uh, <laughs> Spencer's assurances to the contrary, I feel like there'll be some fallout from this, like, cyber ninja, like, malevolent terrorist. Well, yeah, because they fucked it up. This yeah. was supposed to be, like, we're going to catch Charles, but they didn't. And so now... Yeah, bad times are on the way. Sorry, Sarah. But I mean, for all we know, we're gonna too, kill that poor woman. For all we know, too, I don't think necessarily that Charles was just gonna like hug Jason and <laughs> and like embrace him. They were gonna be a family again. For all we know, he was gonna like stab Jason. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. But Emily here, I think you can really sense that like under the surface, she's fucking furious. You know, <laughs> like she hasn't really dealt with it. She's been like trying to treat Sarah Harvey like a puppy, but like. She's smashing that tracker because she is fucking angry. Yeah. And that that's like not dealt with at all. Well, I wonder if she's going to go back to the gun range. Yeah. So then we go cut to uh, you see uh, some serious scotch in the foreground as uh, a male hand pours it into a glass. I uh, can't see who this is yet, but we're at Allie's house. And Allie kind of enters in the background and like walks up, marches right up. I really wanted Allie to just like walk right over take this glass of scotch out of this person's hand and just like down it in one gold. Mm-hmm. Like just badass alley. Unfortunately, she doesn't do that. She walks up and she's like, don't do it, Jason. Uh, Cause it's Jason. Of course, Jason suddenly has like his, like his old stoner hair. Mm-hmm. Like he stops. I don't know how they do this. Like he, it's like, he stopped like combing it backwards. And now it's kind of like, he has that kind of like side bangs thing happening. Mm-hmm. He totally looks like season three, Jason. Mm-hmm. And he's like, leave me alone. And Ali says, he's not worth ruining your life for. He's not the person that you remember. 
Jason says, you don't know what I remember, do you? I was a kid when they took him. And every memory I did have, they tried to erase. Boo-hoo. And he's just like, Jason, please. And he scoffs, and he's like, I was going to tell him to turn himself in. I was going to drive him to the police station. Yeah, that totally would have happened. Because yeah. A has always been so understanding and cooperative. You've just been like, oh, okay, Jason, I'll just go to the cops now. <laughs> Thanks for being a bro. All of this A shit, cry for help. Yeah. Just one big cry for help. Turns out I just needed some brotherly love. A's like, Jason, I too have been doubting myself. <laughs> I tried Doubting to if I was super awesome or super fucking awesome. Tried to throw you down an elevator shaft that one time, but yeah, we're totally cool now. Yeah. yeah. Let's just hug it out. Uh, so Jason's like, all I wanted was one moment, Allie. One moment alone with my brother. And then they're cut off because they hear like a, like a child's voice calling from upstairs. Jason, Jason, come play with me. And like Jason's shocked, you know, Allie's like, well, what the fuck? And so Jason stands up, puts the scotch down, then goes to the attic. Then we go yeah. upstairs. Yeah, like a real, real projector playing. Uh, interesting shot as we see Allie and Jason come in through like the literal dollhouse window from the corner of the attic, like we noted that. Uh, we move around and see the whole room. On the projector screen, there's a boy, maybe 10 years old, a smaller boy, and a little blonde girl. Uh, they look like they're also in an arcade. Um, uh, well, it's, the boy- it's the same arcade, I think. Yeah, it's this is the the blonde girl from the Christmas episode. Believe so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, like the ages don't totally match up because, like the 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 boy here, the older boy, he looks like he's maybe ten years old. Mm. This blonde girl does not look like she's three, but whatever. I like you know, she's a good young alley. You just mm. go with it. Yeah, they're playing with like plastic bats and balls. They're at the arcade. Uh, the kid is obviously Charles's birthday hat on, and Allison's like, I remember this day. Mom took us out of school, and Jason says, it took us to that arcade for some second cousin's birthday. She's like, yeah, she made us promise not to tell Dad. So on screen... Well, the both fight. of them are like, huh, in retrospect, it was pretty weird now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, kids are all playing with the jumping frogs. Allie, like, looks around the attic. She's freaked out. On the movie, on the movie, we can hear Jessica calling out from behind the camera, like, Freddy, Freddy, come here, sweetheart. The kid comes over, uh, looks normal, looks like some you know, ridiculous little blonde kid. Uh, just was like, are you having a nice birthday? And, well, the, and then, the line reading there from Andrew Parker is like kind of ominous. She's yeah. like, are you having a nice birthday? Well, and then tellingly, Freddie here is like, yeah, when do I have to go back? Well, this is Charles. Like, obviously, obviously. people are like, oh my God, another new character. Like, dude, it's Charles. She's just calling him Freddie. Right, right. Yeah. Well, because she can't take the chance, even if these two kids, who apparently have kept this secret from <laughs> their dad and themselves until now, and she's like, oh, not for a while, sweetheart. Go, go have fun. Play nice now, okay? Um, beloved son. So he runs back to Allie, who's like like punching at red balloons of Jason. And Allie finds a note next to the projector. I wanted to trust you. Mm-hmm. This one also has the capital T's. Um, and we hear Jessica say, Jason, Allie, you going to sing? Sing, loves. And Allie shows a note to Jason. And she says, I wanted to trust you. And so we see the older kids here, you know, older Jason Alley looking sad on screen. The younger Alley and Jason, they say happy birthday to uh, Charles here as Charles blows out all the candles on his cake and they all clap. And Jessica's like, nice singing, you guys. Good job, Freddie. Yay. Yay. And older Alley and Jason are just probably just feeling like assholes right now. Like, wow, we we actually didn't have a second cousin named Freddie. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> We've never seen since. <laughs> yeah. Or never heard that. from him again. Uh, it's interesting too because it doesn't in this you know brief little clip. It's not like you see Freddie in quotes like menacing young Allison in this this flashback or whatever. You know, what yeah, I mean? it seems very normal. Uh, so I don't know. Do you feel 
do you feel bad for Charles here? Uh, not yet, but I noticed a lot of, I saw some people online are like, wow, I actually do feel bad for Charles. I can't say I totally do right now. I Uh, started to feel like I get what they're, where they're going with Jason. And the problem is the, some of the way Drew Van Eckers had to portray Jason, he's like a a locked room with not much inside. mm -hmm. And that's because of the doubts or what have you. And so I kind of get the whole, like, he's now, you know, much like Hannah or other characters, he's now doubting who he is or, or the foundations he's built on. But then I think about this poor guy who's like, like, you know, had acceptance issues, led to substance addiction problems. You know, it caused him and his high school <laughs> bros to start filming teenage girls in their bedrooms. Poor yeah. bastard. Yeah, poor guy. I don't know. Like, it's like Charles. Uh, clearly, you've observed your family. Like, your sister's like this, like totally like off the rail psycho. Your dad is just a complete asshole. Jason's a stoner burnout. Your mom was nuts. Are you sure you missed out? Like, do yeah. you really want to be a part of this family? Maybe it was better for you to not feel like live in this crazy household. Yeah. Uh, so then we get our A tag here. Yeah, it's a big gold package with a red ribbon, a card. We see on the card, written in gold ink, it says, Happy birthday, your friend and ally. Hmm. What really frustrated this is me. Definitely not A's handwriting. This is somebody else's handwriting that Black Hoodie's looking at here. What really frustrated me is that I've seen a lot of reactions, far too many reactions on the internet, for people who apparently have never heard the word or seen the word ally before. Oh, yeah. They're like, Allie? What? They're like, why is Allie spelling her name like this? And it's uh-huh. like, are you shitting me? The fact that it looks so similar is just a, I, icing on the cake. So let me ask you this. Just your, your first impression of this. Did you think that this was like the first time that Charles was aware that he had a friend and ally? Yes. You did, because yes. that, that was my first impression, too. But then later I was like, well, no, I could. It, there's nothing really su- to suggest that. I don't know why I thought that. Maybe it's just because it's the first time we're seeing this that it's like, oh, wow, Charles just realized that he has an ally. But it could totally be he's had one all along. We just haven't well, seen it. So to go along with your theory of, of it being Mona, mm-hmm. I could see that only if it was Mona uh, basically saying like, OK, I went along for your whole bullshit scheme to mm-hmm. frame Allison for murder. It backfired. You, you know, pseudo murdered me, threw me in a dollhouse for, for months on end, tortured me. Uh, but guess what? We're still friends and allies. Like I could see her, you know, either reaffirming that she wants to open up this mm-hmm. relationship, okay. a partnership yeah. again, or it's Mona's playing. Them. I mean, I guess if they wanted to, they could say this is the first Charles is learning. He has a, uh, a partner in crime, or this is just like, it's his birthday. So, you know, we've never witnessed before that he has a helper, but he has the whole time. I mean, it definitely make it would make a lot of sense that he has a helper for various scenes. I would I would prefer that this was like the helper who hasn't contacted him in a while, because to me, this mm-hmm. note is saying, just in case you forgot, I'm still your ally. Well, this would presumably be the uh, the Black Veil, the Black Widow, right? Like mm. the other person. Um, no, I think. Well, I mean, I don't know. It depends. We know that we saw the the costume for the the Black Widow in the new lair when he blew up Toby's yeah. house in the one yeah. episode. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, and then it, this, you know, the last episode kind of like exploded theories. This one like just, blo- you know, opens everything back up. Now it's like, okay, maybe this person who I think is uh, a, maybe they're, you know, the ally here, which now you don't have to rationalize like how they could have been Charles, you know, like if you, 
if you want Cece to be involved, you don't have to come up with a convoluted explanation for how she's Charles or Charles is dead or something like that. You can just be like, oh, Cece's helping, you know, or yeah. Mona's helping. You don't, you know, like if if you want Caleb to be on the A-team, it's like you're not like, well, he was outside while they found the lair, you know, the dollhouse, so he couldn't be A. Now he can be, you know, A or an A help or still. Well, I, I like that, you know, over the weekend over some Froyo, we went deep on our uh, uh, Dr. Sullivan mm-hmm. is like a partner. Mm, well, yeah. how, do, how did we word it? Like reverse Norman and the mother? It uh, Reverse Norman Bates. Yeah. 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 But yeah, Dr. Sullivan now you could totally say like, oh, she's Black Widow. She doesn't she's not Charles. You don't have to like come up with an explanation for Charles yet, but you could say that she's helping her. So it opens the, a pool of suspects a lot now because there's two of them. The tricky thing for me, I feel like is the actual reveal that says Charles is somebody important that we've known all along. Mm-hmm. That's going to be hard. Now, having having like a partner of Charles be somebody we've known all along, I feel like would be easy. Mm. But it's like, I don't know, there's twists. And I know yeah. a lot of people like still don't believe, like P.L.O. Sherlock still doesn't believe that this is actually Charles. They still believe it's somebody assuming the identity or taking on the burden or what have you. Now we're going to find out in three episodes. Uh, yeah, we are. Briefly, one last thing. Uh, a tears the uh, the package open here. It's a framed. Um, this looks like a painting to me. This is a painting, right? Um, either a painting or some kind of weird effect on it. I'm positive this is a painting. It's it's that same scene of Charles with Allie and Jason next to him. Charles is blowing out the candles at the arcade. You know what we just saw in the scene before. Mm-hmm. Um, but this really looks like somebody just painted it, which immediately made me wonder who do we know on the show who can paint? Wasn't that like a a Marion Cavanaugh thing? Am I making that up? I know she played music. Hmm. I didn't recall if she actually painted. I mean, I guess Bethany could draw. I don't know. Who's a good painter on the show? Because, yeah, the the friend and Allie sent Charles this kind of like framed portrait of Charles's birthday here. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's the episode. Oh, brother, where art thou? Uh, nice, nice work by Bethany Runa and Lila Bra- Li- Elijah Baraz. I'm uh, so sorry, Elijah Baraz. <laughs> mispronouncing the name constantly yeah i'm uh, so sorry that was a fun episode toby was high yeah he couldn't catch a because he was high um there's a lot of amazing things that happen this episode it, they're not all getting their their due diligence because toby got fucking high mm-hmm. well you know we're three episodes away from the finale and it's still like it's anything you know anyone could be a like all bets are off right now i think it's amazing that they've even made it this far. Like, I'm surprised something hasn't like truly spoiled or leaked yet about this. Mm-hmm. Like, they're doing a really good job of uh, keeping all possible suspects in the air. Mm-hmm. So the next episode is Framed with a capital A. That's a Brian Holdman written episode directed by Larry Reedman. That'll be fun. Uh, because we've heard both of those guys talk about those episodes, they're obviously ones that we've definitely been looking forward to. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's going to do it. Uh, we had some more reviews. Uh, I only checked the USA, so maybe there's some others I'm not aware of, but we had Nicole Elizabeth 17, J. Witty Ohio, mm-hmm. P2G, Tonks 3, Claire CSS, Andy Geo, K. Novellio, and one that just came in, Pixie Jen. Uh, thanks for the reviews. We have over 100 five-star reviews on iTunes. That's amazing. So really appreciate that. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can go to our website page, which is broswatchpll2.com. If you want to tweet at us, our Twitter handle is at broswatchpll2. 
and as always, you can rate and review us on iTunes. It's always appreciated. Uh, sorry, last week it took like an extra day for the podcast to go up in iTunes because of like annoying technical issues. Uh, fingers crossed that shouldn't happen this week. I guess we'll find out hmm. in about, I don't know, an hour or so. We should know for sure. But I, I made some changes on the back end, so hopefully that won't happen again. Marco, you have anything? Yes. So uh, a couple weeks ago, one of our listeners, Sarah, who's an opera singer, uh, said something on Facebook about how she got her brother to listen to the podcast. And her <laughs> brother immediately got back to her for theory that Benjamin Light was real and Marco Sparks was the imagined self. And I said, oh, I'd like to hear more about this. Hmm. Do you want to hear the explanation? Sure. So this is the comment that Sarah left. Well, it begins as us. Benjamin Light is completely insane, which should be obvious. And hardly even needs to be said. <laughs> Each morning when he descends the stairs at the Hastings Manor, he finds the Marco personality there in the kitchen, squawking about how every time someone descends the stairs, they find someone something worse at the bottom. It's unclear exactly when and why Benjamin developed the Marco personality, but it's pretty clear that he gives this alternate version of himself more license to make the kind of jokes, etc., that he wishes he could make himself. You know, burritos. <laughs> he gets an indulgence errant but hilarious side of his brain, while still retaining the moral and intellectual high ground. Of course, this raises the very important question of how the podcast works. The current working theory is that Benjamin records both his and his alter ego's contributions on an old-fashioned cassette tapes in the <laughs> hollis darkroom and then re-records them simultaneously. Uh, Sarah never mentioned her brother's uh, name, but uh, thank you, Sarah. And oh, Get Sarah out of my head, Sarah. <laughs> and so I, uh, I saw this right before we did the episode last week. I totally forgot to bring it up, and so I immediately sent her a message. That was, I'm so sorry. I will definitely <laughs> mention it on this episode. Man, we're three episodes away from the finale. I just have no idea what's coming. It's nuts. Couldn't you see an episode where, like, somehow they've all, like, like all the characters, even, like, Tanner and, and Holbrook and everyone, they've all been, like, lured to the dollhouse somehow. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what are we doing here? And then Mona steps out, and she's like, I know who A is, and I'm going to tell you, who, you know, I'm going to explain how. And then it's just basically, like, the end of Clue, where she runs everyone all over the dollhouse. Or explaining. it could happen like this. Yeah, yeah, explaining everything that happened, and it turns out everyone has like culpable for some way or other. And they're like, "But you never told us who he is." And she's like, oh, "Isn't it obvious? It's me." Yeah, love that. Idiots. I, I, that's a good point though. I really would like Game Over Charles to take them back to the dollhouse. I think that would be yeah. a good like way to set up the episode of, of Tanner has to bring the girls back to explain something and ask them some questions to do like a Columbo like one more thing, and then like. Tanner unfortunately maybe gets killed or something like that and A shows up and reveals themselves because I know that like we were both kind of for a while much more interested in like what the time jump looked like but well, I still that, am I mean yeah I, I want to know who he is but the time jump is fascinating you can't help but just have this kind of nervous crazy energetic excitement about I, I really hope like. they can keep it up all the way to the finale like that nothing leaks and that we go into the finale just like having no idea at all because unfortunately i think like with all the twitter accounts we follow mm -hmm. even though i try to avoid spoilers i'm not sure if i'll be able to if it leaks for real well uh, and so to fingers stress crossed yet again we have no problem with anybody's theory we're very curious about people's theory and how they process all this but we don't want spoilers Please keep us keep that well, as far fucking away from us as possible. We can we can say that, but we follow a ton of accounts on Twitter, and probably not all of them listen to our podcast. So uh, I don't know. Fingers crossed. But yeah, we'll be back next week to talk about Framed. Uh, really looking forward to that since we've done interviews with the writer and the director of that episode. So we need to see what they have up their sleeve. Yep. All right, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. -bye.